0: I'm Aaron Armstrong. Oh, I'm Pete Moran. I'm Ryan Bolin. And we love to watch. We love to watch says, Hey, I'm vengeancing here.
1: Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead. Walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match yeah. But at night, it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. Despite the heat, it'll be all right and babe. Don't you know which a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city.
2: All the lines
3: in this oh, movie. Hell. The fact the fact that this it didn't have something to do with aspirin is shocking. <laughs> how
0: about uh I'm so about, hung uh, over We love to watch love, Oh my god. We love, we love to watch John McClane versus the concept of Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Any, uh, any you know, small math problem. Oh, my God. What we you with the
2: bucket? Uh, there's a lot of, like, very clearly yelling over a, uh, a, a ticking timer. Oh, yeah. Like, but, you know, uh, they, they get through it because uh, that's what he does. That's what John McClain does best. But, yeah, we love to watch, we're a movie podcast. We pick a theme. We do movies over the course of the month around the theme. And if we remember, we compare and contrast. And we're in our third week. Of our Christmas theme that is now taking a sharp turn to the hot summer months for the remainder, just in time for Christmas. uh, In our ho, 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 now I have a podcast uh, series where we're covering the Die Hard movies. And we're at uh, the third movie in the series, uh, lovingly known by its title, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Peter, how happy are you to get to a movie... Where we are not gonna have
0: to debate what the title is at all. It's, it's nice, it's clean. We know exactly what this movie is up to. If you called it die Hard three, I would be genuinely upset at you.
3: What if you call it Simon says?
0: <laughs> I would actually respect that more because th- when you watch the movie it does I'd be feel like, like Dennis... titled from Simon that, says. They say it like two or three times. That's the Dennis the, Rodman vehicle. That's what the uh, <laughs> apparently that's what the original script was called.
2: Yeah, let's start there. So one of the... Well, Ryan Bullen's here. He's he's been here a lot lately. Hey. Uh, Because this comes out
0: after Spooked Over. Friend of the show. Um, The trick is don't give him a... If he's sleeping over, don't give him a a blanket. Um, Because he'll hold on to that blanket and he will not leave. (laughs) Wait,
2: will he hold... Wait. Did I steal the blanket? (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like he stole the blanket, but then the ending sounded like he lives in your house. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Do you want uh, the blanket back or do you want me to leave? (laughs) He, he lives in the watch house now. Um, we let him crash on our couch for one night. I gave him a fleece blanket that is four feet long, on purpose, not long enough for his whole body. And uh, he's holding on to the blanket and he's not leaving my couch. He's like the
2: watch couch. He's like, I, I, uh, I refuse to steal from you, Peter. Additionally, unrelated. I'm never leaving this blanket. Yeah, but this so, is my blanket
0: now. But
3: it's your blanket. No, take the blanket. I'm sorry.
0: Well, it's I not can't. stealing if you have squatter's rights.
3: Yeah. I didn't take anything. All your stuff is still in your home. I'm just also here.
0: <laughs> it's not taking till I leave with it. it yeah, Peter uh,
2: uh, Ryan's looking at it and being like, this blanket was meant for me. <laughs> this house is meant it for me. It fits my body perfectly. <laughs> my, my four foot I'm body. drawn
0: to it. <laughs>
2: I've never been cold
0: in this blanket. In, in his defense, no one has seen Ryan before, but he has, in fact, uh, six foot five and four foot wide and completely rectangular. So it makes sense. Oh, that he great! Would, Akeogara fault. Uh, um, the, my my front door. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. So we talked about this that no
2: Die Hard movies were meant to be Die Hard movies. Much like. Uh, the the uh, ironically, the protagonist of the diehard movies who gets dragged kicking and screaming through diehard movies. Uh, diehard movies themselves just don't want to be diehard movies and then somehow end up being diehard movies. The only one that was like meant to be a diehard movie was uh, A Good Day to Die Hard, which is uh, proof that uh, which again, great. Great metaphor, because in Good Day to Die Hard, everything I've heard about Bruce Willis is that he just is like, fuck it, I don't care, and he's not trying. And that's the same thing that happened in the way of the Good Day to Die Hard. It didn't even try not to be a Die Hard script. It just was a Die Hard script. Uh, this week has maybe my favorite, although Peter, I don't want to say ruin it, but you teasing what the original title was for a Live Free or Die Hard Has been very intrigued Um, (laughs) to die. So maybe it'll end. But this
0: this movie went through some a lot of bings and a lot of bats and a lot of other things to get to where we're going. So first, a lot of bings, baddas, and booms because it takes place in New York. The big finally, finally, the Big Apple. So they did. They did try to make this
2: time. They're like, let's try to make a like guys. Let's try really hard to make a Die Hard movie. So they wrote a script for a Die Hard three. They're like, we're gonna do it. We're going to make a Die Hard movie. And they made it Die Hard on a boat. They called it Troubleshooter. And uh, Bruce Willis read it and goes, this is dumb. Uh, I don't want to do another. It's too much like the other two. I don't want to be stuck in a location. I don't want to do Die Hard on a boat.
0: Seems just like Under Siege. Exactly. Seems seems
2: too much like Under Siege. Peter, I think you're going to know the answer. Hollywood doesn't throw away a good script. You know what happened to the movie they tried to make, Die Hard 3?
0: It became Speed Two Cruise Control.
2: <laughs> so, if you want to know,
0: if you yeah, oh, if you was, know, I was going to make a joke about that. Then yeah, okay,
3: yeah, that makes sense. Fair. No,
2: one hundred percent true. Yeah. If you want to know what the original script for Die Hard Three would have been like, watch Speed Two Cruise Control because that's what they did with the script. Uh, so they go back to the archives and they're like, "What? What should we make?" So there's this script laying around uh, called original, called Simon Says. Uh, about a guy in New York who's basically doing what the Jeremy Irons thing is doing, where he's calling this cop and like making him go through all these Simon Says type escapades around New York City. And he was paired with a partner. And so, and so, uh, uh, oh shoot, who does the, the lethal weapon movies? Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers. Um, and Joel Silver. Yeah, Joel Silver, Warner Brothers. They take that script and they're like, this is perfect for the bones for a lethal weapon movie. So they take it and they, they turn that into Lethal Weapon 3. Um, somewhere along the way, that falls apart. They abandon this script and they decide to sell it to some other studio. They put it in Turnaround, as the, as the studios would call it. 20th Century Fox sees that script and goes, oh, we could turn this into Die Hard 3. So they take Lethal Weapon 3, which used to be called Simon Says, after throwing away the script for Speed 2 Cruise Control to make Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, I definitely think you can see the Lethal Weapon component. Like the, On yeah. paper, I actually think that would have made a very lethal or interesting – A very lethal very weapon. Very, <laughs> a very lethal weapon. A very interesting Lethal Weapon movie mainly because like, one thing I really appreciate about the structure of this movie is it's like – it's it, in some ways like, uh, like, uh, the original Die Hard like a Raiders of the Lost Ark, like a serial movie. It's kind of a series of unfortunate events. It's one thing after the other, but it's all one. Like, they don't have a break and go home, and then something else happens. And one thing about the Lethal Weapon movies, and I, I like basically all of them, but they're extraordinarily plot-heavy. They're extraordinary, like, we go to this location, we talk to this bad guy, then we... like the Then we idea have dinner them, at my house with my family. We have Dinner at my house with my family. The idea of almost like a... Uh, takes place in a real-time Lethal Weapon movie where it's just one giant chase scene. It's very compelling and interesting to me and definitely something that they didn't ultimately ever end up doing with the
3: series. I, I Yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say that I remember reading was the original script was supposed to be a guy and a woman for Zeus's, oh, yeah. I mean, yep. Zeus's character. I guess we'll loosely say it, but I'm like, I'm assuming that originally that was some sort of Your classic, they they fall in love because how could you have a guy and a girl be the main characters and not have them do that? And then it's like I'm assuming it it got switched for lethal weapon, and then they're like Yes. I'm I'm curious whether it was it was switched for lethal weapon, so now it's a white guy and a black guy, and then they switched to Die Hard and they were like, Well, he needs a partner, let's just make the entire movie about race, because holy shit, every conversation with anybody, every single person has to bring up race, which is fine. But like, it is funny where it's like any interaction at all. It's like, oh, what? Cause I'm I'm
0: white. Yeah. And I think, and I think this movie actually has like some pretty chewy scenes from a 2021 perspective. Oh um, yeah. Because it's, it's a movie in the shadow of uh, Rodney King and the LA riots. And it's a movie that's uh, very much about a, 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 a white audiences are starting to understand that like why black audience, black people in general uh, fear or uh, have some uh, deep hatred for the police uh, very often. And the the thing about this movie is like I'm not gonna have like a central take like oh this movie's secretly a genius take on the post Rodney King year. Oh thank <laughs> God you didn't... weren't going there. No. <laughs> <laughs> but post but individual scene but individual scenes I think. Um, end up saying very offensive things Uh, and then individual scenes that uh, seem offensive on their surface are actually like kind of interestingly modern and and kind of have something to say Um, it's something that like it's it's fascinating that it was originally like about a, 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 a gender thing, like a man and a woman yeah. getting along, because like the movie feels like it's a New York melting pot movie. Built show ground up. two people who do not like each other. They actually hate each other until pretty much the final ten minutes. Two people who hate each other. They happen to be from different races. Who is more? Um, you know, who who which two to, to rate? Which racial uh, sort of uh, biases can you? Yeah. Which racial uh, conflict can you mine for more drama than a white cop, a white, older conservative cop and a black man, particularly like a tall black man who is not shy? Like those those two are, you know, it's water and oil like it makes for a great Hollywood sort of of dramatic conflict. Um, And and yeah, there's there's plenty of scenes in this movie that, that kind of flail trying to make that work. But overall, I couldn't imagine this movie being about race. It would actually take the sequence where Zeus saves John McClane and turn it into a weird paternalist or a a weird uh, maternalistic uh, deal where, uh, uh, you know, the woman has to save this man, this this poor man. Like the woman has to step in and and save him, whereas like the reason Zeus saves him him from the uh, I hate everyone scene, the I hate N word scene is because it's like, I didn't want a cop getting killed in my neighborhood. And then there's more cops in my fucking neighborhood. Yeah. All the cops Yeah, to get fingers after
3: that.
2: I've, I've never seen or I'm aware of the plot of the 1996 uh, Cindy Crawford. Uh, I want to say Daniel Baldwin thriller fair game. But I imagine that that's exactly the plot of that
1: movie.
3: Oh, um, uh, yeah.
2: A movie that everyone here yeah. <laughs> remembers remembers well. Uh, so, Peter, I, l- we can talk about that quick. Uh, yeah, I do like – I get what you're saying and I you know spoiler alert which we'll talk about I like I always really liked this movie I now am definitely on the I love this movie side of the coin but I mean this movie is a hundred percent like Racial from the perspective of, I don't see color white people. <laughs> like 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah, 100%. That's why, like, for a second, I'm like, this is actually a really clever... Like, it's it's not. It's actually being, like, it, it, it's a little bit too much from the, um. hey, like, at this point, there's affirmative action. Why are you still complaining all the time? What did I do? Like, John McClane literally has... Uh, like a a a run or a thread there that's like would be at home in any like right wing uh Facebook p- page about how someone wasn't actually racist because they never personally ha- uh had slaves and also like the movie totally dismisses the idea of hey why would this uh why would this guy in in nineties New York City be suspicious and untrustworthy of a white New York City police
0: officer.
3: Hmm, who, like, he, who he met because yeah. he was wearing a sandwich board that said, I hate
0: everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I, But I think there's individual scenes, though, that kind of nail this dichotomy. But what really makes this movie work uh, is if you are willing to... Uh, I mentioned 2021 perspective. If you're willing to kill your heroes a little bit and just accept John McClane as racist washed up shitty cop as opposed to your central hero who you're going to root for every second um the movie improves dramatically like if if, if you're if you're like yeah like this guy fucking sucks but he's just like this is the this is the cop we get to Face off against this German terrorist thief. The movie d- improves dramatically, but I think if you're like really attached to, to John McClane's like nobility as a hero, um, particularly like you know, I think in the first movie he's not that problematic. Um, other than the, well, movie being the first propaganda. movie as a
2: whole, we talked about how it's essentially unproblematic. Where two uh, and three now, I think have some things that like hold up worse but i i do think the key to enjoying this movie and i think this actually leads to what i was talking about earlier so um i i had said going into this month that i I hadn't seen two three or four in a while two three even like i think the last time i saw two or three was it was back to back but it was before die hard for live for die hard had even come out and i my i'd seen them twice each I think I I watched them both times back to back and both times I felt uh like uh like Die Hard 2 was was better more enjoyable more fun more represented John McClane and like the the character that I liked um and I I I thought that this was ultimately the kind of the weakest of the the four movies and I think I kind of you know pinpointed why that was for me a little bit and that like I, I really had a problem with, um, kind of where where uh, how they made John McCain in this movie. Like the the idea, like the first
1: <laughs> the first two
3: fun, movies. That was, funny,
0: that was a funny slip. Did you hear it? You did. How they made John McCain? <laughs> you called him John McCain. Oh, uh, I heard McCain. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm
2: always disappointed.
3: How they <laughs> <laughs> how they made whoever's
0: John editing. May. Sorry, whoever's editing, if I no, misread that entirely I know it's, it's fine. stupid, it's, please edit that out, but that was the hey, left. No, that is uh, like a
2: even more disappointed with how they made John McCain. I'm I'm disappointed with how John McCain made Megan McCain, because that lady is the worst. <laughs> 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 she is
0: she is the definition of John McCain in this movie where she's yeah. like, I've never been mean to a black person. Yep. Oh, yeah. So Portley. therefore
3: so therefore nobody is.
0: Yeah, uh, you made people hang be. out with you for years. Of course you were mean to a black person. <laughs> yeah. Why, just because I support a system that has institutionalized racism and violence against black people? That's yeah. me, that's on me?
2: Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I... But I do, like, I I didn't like the way that they, like, oh, now... So the the victory of the first movie that is uh, codified in and emphasized in the, the second movie's ending of, like... You know, uh, the the emotional core of one of the best movies of all time, Die Hard, being about him reuniting with his wife is now kind of like thrown to side on the premise almost of like, well, she just didn't fit in this movie or – um or the cast didn't make sense or maybe she didn't want to come back from the movie. And, like, that did rub me the wrong way. As a matter of fact, like, to this day, my b- Jurassic Park 3 has a lot of failures. The thing that bothers me the most about Jurassic Park 3 is the way they're like, hey, you know how the only real, like, character growth for the most part in the movie Jurassic Park is based on the idea that, like, Alan Grant has accepted and decide- has got over his, like, hate or fear of children and is going to end up marrying Ellie Sattler? What if uh, she has a kid with some other guy and he calls and says, hi, like something about like taking away a victory or an emotional closure from a much better movie run me the wrong way. So, yeah, having John McClane is like this kind of angry alcoholic. I haven't talked to my wife in a year. I'm getting kicked off the force, like just out of nowhere, just felt like watching it he back. It starts the movie suspended. It did. Like, and so it didn't. It felt like it. It was less of a diehard movie than I wanted it to be, and like watching it now, for the first time in a while, and maybe being like less entrenched with what I need a diehard movie to be. Like I, I messaged both of you and said, like, "Oh my god, this movie like is definitely better than two, and it's just a just a five star movie all the way around." Like you know, the, the racial perspective, uh, you know, segmenting that off, like it is just this wonderful, mean, uh, burly, <laughs> explosive, like nineties action movie that's like one long, uh, great chase scene with all these great moments and characterizations and stuff like that. But like it is true that like they really just kinda sold John McCain up the river. Damn it. Now that time I did. Yeah, you did do,
3: it, yeah. And and I was gonna uh, say, and you and you think the exact same thing about Jurassic Park 3, right? It's better than 1 and 2. It's non-stop action. No, no I, I, I
2: never I, don't, I never went there with Jurassic Park 3. I don't 3. care that what?
3: they were surrounded by velociraptors and the Navy just showed up at the end. That's cool with me. Yeah, okay. All right.
2: <laughs> when the yeah, Navy comes and
3: ends your movie.
2: I like it when they bark at the raptors. That's ideally
0: <laughs> One thing that's similar to this movie and Jurassic Park 3, though, is when Alan Grant is like, um, yeah, I'm scared to get kneed by that damn velociraptor. I hope he's also not a gay velociraptor.
3: <laughs> what well, was he chewing on his end of his glasses to butch up?
0: <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> a little nibble. Um, yeah, there's... John, McCain, John McClane is also... God damn it, you did it to me. John McClane is also homoph- homophobic in this movie to, to stack stuff on top of that, but like... Oh wait! Well, we're, wait, you know, hold we're on. Watching... It
3: was meant to be a lethal weapon. Wait, hold on. I actually <laughs> yeah. missed that. What what homophobic stuff is it? Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Uh,
0: I mean, I guess there's two. There's like a transphobic Sorry. and a homophobic. I'm not surprised. Be but um, but he uh he has uh a, a joke about when he first is on the phone with Jeremy Irons. He makes a joke about it. he's like, oh, he's probably. I don't know if he says like some guy in a dress, like. He's basically oh, yep. saying oh. like this is some weird one, some weird yes. old guy in a dress, which some wacky dude with the stutter.
3: Clothes. He probably wears a dress, like something like that. Where you are like, oh okay.
0: Yeah, and then in, in in um, was gonna say is in uh uh in the first movie, John John McClane, uh, some guy <laughs> I ruined at the, the party, rest Christmas of the party, us, kisses him, that. kisses him on the face, at, at a at a Christmas party, he's clearly like drunk and and and. and John McClane smiles and sort of like good naturedly. is, like, "What the fuck? Like California, yeah. I guess." And and like yeah, like that tech that qualifies a homophobic joke, but it's also like you violated this guy at just like a party. And I don't think either of them was like sorry. I don't think that guy was gay. I just think the guy was like supposed to be like oh, these Californians Joyous. are so sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like, I didn't take
2: that as a homophobic joke. I guess yeah. we didn't talk
0: about it much, but. But, but yeah, I didn't even bring it up because it doesn't really qualify as much because it doesn't make you think less of John McClane. But when you're watching this movie, it kind of reminds me of um, it's like an accidental to live and die in L.A. where um, to, li- to live and die in L.A. is 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 sort of a cop movie about cop movies eating their own tail. So, like, in the 70s, Friedkin made two movies, uh, French Connection and To Live and Die in L.A. I guess To Live and Die in L.A. is as as an 80s movie, but regardless, um, that sort of headed off the Buddy Cop movie before it existed. And though there were obviously, you know, Car 69, Where Are You and whatever, um, millions of cop programs before there, Bar- Barney Miller, um, there wasn't the Lethal Weapon uh sort of school of buddy cop movies uh until the 80s going into the 90s and uh free kid made a movie made a couple movies notably to live and die in la that were basically like the cop movie eating its own tail it's like when when cops become crooks to the extent that they basically are indecipherable um by the end of the movie you don't care if the cops lose because they're the bad guys as well in your eyes <laughs> yeah um in this movie i don't think it goes that far but it's kind of hinting john mcclain is such an unlikable character for so much of the movie it's kind of hinting at like uh almost a subversive act an accidentally subversive act where, where you make john mcclain so unlikable that when you're watching the movie you're like oh the real hero here is zeus for putting up with his shit just to like actually save people
3: <laughs> it is kind of interesting though like a movie like Live. T- and wait what is it to live and die in la to live and die in la and die in la i do think it's funny though like the to have the goal to either show the shortcomings of that genre or even just like subvert it and then inadvertently sprout out like a larger subsection of that genre like it's just kind of interesting to me where you're like isn't that silly whatever you're like yeah buddy cop movies they're great like oh oh, okay i guess that's that's your takeaway all right great but I
0: yeah like to live in L. A. To, to live and die in L. A. Uses the line oh uh, the whatever the main character's uh partner says the line I'm too old for this shit years before lethal weapon oh really is, yeah I think particularly funny to me
3: I do like I do agree though that the that they do it to at least a certain degree because even I mean granted I've seen the movie before but even when like things aren't looking good there are no more necessarily bombs in play for like threatening general civilian whatever. When John McClay gets, like, captured by the baggage, like, all that kind of stuff, I'm not worried about him at that point. I'm just kind of like, oh, dang. Okay. I'm not like, oh, no, our our shiny, perfect hero, how is he going to be able to save that? You're just like, oh, dang. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, how he's going to get out of this one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's why it does it. We talked about that in the first um, episode we did, too, like, realizing that, like, uh, when Die Hards are good, and actually Die Hard 2 is actually the one that's the most version of the four that we've seen, um, it actually functions less like an 80s action movie and more of an Indiana Jones type Ooh. serialized adventure movie. I
3: agree with that. Like
2: where it's, uh, you know, 80s action movies are really about like um, uh, almost, almost structured, as Peter said, as like uh, uh, a video game. Where I gotta go do this, I gotta finish this mission. Okay, then I talk to these people and they give me my next mission, and I go out. And that's like most '80s action movies are sort of structured like that. Where Die Hard One and Die Hard Three, and I'm pretty sure Die Hard Four as well, is more of the we go here, this happens, then we go here. Like it, there's no break; it's got that
3: just incident. It's got that almost um, big trouble in little, char- but like not not quite as affable lead, but like just like things are happening, and he's got to roll with the punches, but he's good at that, and. I I do like that. I like that aspect of it.
2: Yeah. Which is why like they're, they're almost, they're almost um, serialized adventure movies with the trappings of 80s and 90s action.
0: And can we also move to one criticism of this movie that um, was, it was in, uh, in some reviews I read at the time. That's completely insane to me. Um, There was, there was criticism that the movie had gotten the series had gotten way too violent because this one is way more violent than the previous ones. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, like, the brutality of John McClane in the elevator scene is, like, way worse than anything else he's done in any of the movies. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, he, but... I, he I, executes I think it's a it, guy and gets covered in blood like it's a fucking samurai movie. After, after bashing a different
3: guys with the back of his head, a guy gets sliced in half at a certain point. Look, I, mean, I, 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 I was it. watching this concurrently to the
2: boys for the first oh, time. Oh, so. <laughs> that's, yeah.
3: I will say, though, Die Hard 1, it's been, a, it's been a minute. I mean, I guess it's probably been a year, a year and a half, but... But that violence is not necessarily at the same level of, you know, explosion, uh, brutality, whatever. But like, it seems almost gory, not gorier, but like he seems bloodied and like the walking on glass. All yeah. like, oh, that kind of stuff seems more on screen and in your face from what I remember, which is makes it kind of interesting that like this one kind of got flagged for those issues.
0: So in the first one, the worst stuff happens to him. Uh. In this one, the worst stuff happens to other people. <laughs> and like, they would have never done something as audacious in the first two movies as the the sequence where that uh, high tension wire cuts that dude in half. Oh yeah, like yeah. that's that is firmly like. I mean, I'm surprised Running Harlan didn't, but um, that's firmly like Die Hard three stuff. Um, and well, the, the sequ- like I'm saying, there's a lot of sequences where like. Yeah. John McClane gets covered in his enemy's blood in a way where you're like, it it feels like a, a, like a late-era Rambo or something. Or you also have well, the, that, that the is a little with bit with
3: her blade, that one scene. I'm just trying to think of, like, actual bloodied scenes. I'm like, all right, that yeah, that, that yeah. seems, un. I mean, it's there, but you're just like, all right, I guess we didn't really need her to slice him up a bunch and do that kind of bull.
0: I, it's, it's a I get, sick, I sick I shot, guess, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a great shot. I, I mean, the guys I, are I shooting down the really... hallway, which I don't fully understand, but yeah.
2: I actually really like it, and part of it is just because, like, uh, like one thing that was occurring in these, like, mid-to-late-era 90s R-rated movies is that there is a natural escalation, right? Like, these, like, huge movies, these, like, you know, uh, A-list blockbuster movies, uh, action movies, were, like, constantly trying to outdo themselves with, like... A level of violence and like part of the reason i guess um not to sound too edgelordy like i like it especially in retrospect is that like this was kind of the stuff that i wasn't allowed to see or like was able to you know sneak at friend's house and it it was really gory and you think about like the schwarzenegger verhoven stuff that was like incredibly gory and like until you get to starship troopers which i did sneak to a theater and see and when I was like 14, it's just like just one of the goriest <laughs> movies at the time I, I had ever seen. And until there's like this huge course correction, partially due to The Matrix and partially due to 9-11, uh, and just the fact that like PG-13 movies are are just making so much more money all of a sudden than R-rated movies, uh, partially as a result of 9-11 and people not wanting to see that much gore. But that's a that's a discussion for another day. Um
0: where you have There's also r- a, there's also an argument I read of the era that like uh parents started uh watching over their kids closer and watching over their kids' activity closer. Uh so it was harder for kids to sneak into R rated movies. A little bit like of Columbine
2: were- in there as well too, where, Yeah. Like, and even people, that like, people, like that's like- when they started carting uh I mean you used to like it was like restricted like you could be 12 and walk into an R-rated movie and no one cared and like when I went in 1999 when I was 15 and like trying to see like American Pie and South Park the movie in theaters like post it was like the summer after columbine and people were like they were carting. like you had to figure out a way to have someone older buy it for you all of a sudden even though like you know i'm technically much older than i was when i just bought a ticket to starship troopers and a matinee but but you know the so all those things kind of change it and then like all of a sudden everything becomes very antiseptic and there's no more gore so like you know, at the time that I'm able to watch the R-rated violent movies is the time they kind of stop looking like Die Hard with a Vengeance. And so for me, I mean, there is a obviously movies now have co- corrected back in a lot of ways, but uh, I think even like the more R-rated action movies in, are are usually less like gory than say a uh, uh, a James Cameron or a you know or a McTiernan or a verhoeven movie was in the in the 90s um or maybe they feel gorier to me because they you know
0: they're they they do not have the over-reliance on like cgi blood yeah
3: like oh that. yeah for sure i think yeah. that's part of it
0: this movie definitely casts a darker light on the line in the first Die Hard movie where uh is it carl's brother or the you know the first german guy he kills um and he says oh you're a cop you can you you have rules and he's like yeah my captain keeps telling me that which at the time is like a badass line um because it's just like oh you know John McClane's about to fuck this arrogant asshole up in the context of Die Hard with a Vengeance I'm like what sort of weird race-related <laughs> violence has John McClane <laughs> been involved in? Like, please, I don't want to know I got his ass suspended. Jesus. Well,
2: it almost implies showing up uh, drunk. There's actually – I actually think that's what it was. So um, so hilariously, the other thing that we really miss uh, and I, I, I kind of like – even though I don't really like the movie, I like that Tarantino tried to bring it back with Once Upon a Time in – In Hollywood, which is like – so I I think we all remember growing up the idea of like novelizations of like movie – like PG and PG-13 movies especially like – which made a lot of sense, right? Like they sell them in scholastic book orders and stuff like that. Like, oh, kid can't get out to see Home Alone. He's going to want to buy the book or maybe he can see it once but like it's not going to be on video for eight years. So he can just read the novelization of Jurassic Park or Home Alone or – all, or Muppet Christmas Carol, or all the other weird novelizations I had. I forgot they used to make them for adult books, too. Yeah. Or for adult movies, too. Uh, which I, I remembered, I'm, just, I'm occasionally reminded of this. Uh, one, I did buy, Peter, the the novelization of the Thing movie uh, for a present a couple years ago. But It's all, pretty sick. Uh, yeah, I'd heard really good things about it, and I did, like, one of those things that's like, holy shit, why does this exist? It's based on a a story why would you write a in the vhs era
0: where you could get like it makes sense? it would make sense yeah. for like the set like the early 70s when like you had to wait for something to come on tv yeah. and it would probably be heavily redacted but like in the true vhs era you could just rent movie. well also like again the Jurassic Park one was somewhat
2: funny to me because there's, I mean, it's based on a book. Why would you, why would you then need a now like just go buy the book? That's what they did for the Die Hard one and two, right? They promoted those were both uh, loosely based on books, and they promoted the fuck out of them being like, you know, fifty eight minutes. Ba- you know what Die Hard 2 is based on. So but they wrote a novelization for this one, and Peter, I think you're right because what I read about it is that they really delve like it's a very dark book, apparently. That's what I read it was like uh, the tone is darker. <laughs> the tone is very dark, where they really delve into uh John McClain's failing marriage and his descent into alcoholism. And oh it's God. like
0: Who is this for? Yeah, who who watched the end of so one and two have essentially the same arc more or less, like Yeah. Um, I mean, two. They start off in a in a happy place, but it, it's it's you know John McClane has to rescue his wife Holly Gennaro, and reunite with his his reunite her and him with their kids for Christmas. And at yep. the end of the movie, they kiss and they ride off with Argyle slash um, a man who golf, lives below the who may or may not work there. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, this movie. It starts off, the first thing you see is John McClane basically getting rousted on the back of a bus. You're not totally sure where he's going, what they're doing. They purposefully shoot John McTiernan in his back. And he's, the mo- you can feel it. The movie is, like, fucking tight. Um, the The sequence is sort of tricky. You're like, where the hell are they going? Are they in the back of the paddy wagon? Are they back of a city bus? Like, it's kind of hard to tell well- what's, what's going on exactly. And then... Cause there's no, there's no establishing shot. There's nothing. And then it's, it's just taking you through this sort of almost build up to a dark joke and he's drunk. He's asking for aspirin. He's complaining. He's like, I thought I was suspended. Like, you know, leave me the fuck alone. Like clearly he started, he stopped drinking like two hours ago. Um, and then they hand him the sandwich board and he's like already, he's already been convinced. There's no scene of, of convincing John McClane to wear the sandwich board. And he's just like... He's like, where would you guys
2: find my sandwich board?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is
2: one you
3: made. Did you guys grab that outfit I told you to grab from home?
2: <laughs> guys, what what I do with my sandwich board outside of work hours is... Shouldn't have any bearing. Wait, like, Hol, hold on. Oh.
3: But but the opening
2: scene, so there's the... I
3: mean, real quick. There's
2: the, there's the explosion. There's the
3: explosion, and then Simon says, I want John McClane. The only reason why I say that is because while they're in the truck, it, he does have the best line where, you know the lieutenant or whatever, his, the chief is bringing up his wife, bringing up all, all the bomb, all this, whatever. He doesn't know what's going on yet. And I do like the uh, great line of between you and Simon, you're fucking up a perfectly good hangover. I, I do genuinely yeah. like that line from this movie. I'm like, all right, there yeah, you it go. Yeah,
2: does, it does let you know, like, he's kicked out, like... Uh, the Die Hard movies are all really good at like establishing all you need to know and throwing into the action like we talked we kind of laughed about Die Hard too. like within 11 minutes he's shooting someone in a baggage terminal
3: <laughs> I I did not remember how quick this like it starts explosion and he yeah. is in the truck to do the sandwich work like I remember the sandwich yeah. board scene I remember all these other scenes but I thought it was like you know 30 minutes in some build up and you're like nope yeah, it here's is what you need to it's know. his boom, wife left
2: boom. him
0: Yeah don't ask where
2: Holly is she's not in this movie
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> She's gone. That's also because the actress didn't want to come back, so they just sort of cut that Yeah, but plot the thing line.
2: is, it does take place... Again, I don't want my frustration to come back, but, like, it takes place in a day. Like, he, he, you know, his wife's on vacation with the kids, and he went out with a friend and stayed out too late, a cop buddy. Like, you have the same thing without, like, trying to do a weird, like, hey, dude, call your wife. He's like, oh, yeah. I guess I... Like, I, I don't... Like... I'm beyond the point that it affects my enjoyment of like everything else in the movie. I still think it's a dumb, a dumb character uh, arc for him. Like if I cared about that too much, and I, it, it's also my least favorite part about Live for Your Die Hard, where like his kids hate him and he's like this weird person stalking boyfriends.
3: Well, <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah. We're like, it's like we're... just
2: make him a functional member of society, and the yes to like it all still works. He doesn't need to have. Everything's been taken with me, and all I
0: have is my badge and my gun and crazy supervillains. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that kind of like helps the. Weirdly enough, helps the movies go down smoother. Um Because yeah, <laughs> while while it makes them the movies darker, and it kind of casts a shadow over the first movie, um, and and the second movie, I would say, um, it casts a shadow over them. It makes the movies go down because you're like oh yeah a the sec the first movie he's like you know he's a stubborn dick and then he earns back his wife's love by rescuing her like they haven't fixed their issues um two um sort of a similar deal things seem happier but he's you know he's he's trying in that movie right three everything has fucking fallen apart <laughs> all their issues from the first era you know things calm down and then all their issues from the original just like they they boiled to the top there's nothing to there's nothing to do and he's just descending into a, the worst version of himself John McClane is 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 in living in this post Rodney <laughs> King world where like people white people and the media openly hate the openly hate cops like and I'm not saying that to defend them saying I'm saying they rightfully openly hate cops and then by the fourth one he's just an angry boomer dad and I I like all the movies sorry I like the four movies that exist <laughs> and, <laughs> And the, ba- and the battery commercial. <laughs> Look, here, here's, here's, here's the thing,
2: ultimately, that I've learned as I've grown older, is that, like, you don't have to enjoy things based on the entire arc of the day existence. So, like, I can still get emotional uh, closure and good feels from Die Hard without having to immediately think in the back of my head, like, but then they break up five years later. I, so it's, I just, like, like you can make whatever you want canon for the moment. Like, you don't have to connect. It's like, you know, it's like the old joke about, like, Dark Souls 3. Like, I, I don't need to include Dark Souls 3 in my head canon of the Dark Souls game. I can make that whatever I want over here on the side and just enjoy the story of Dark Souls. I, like... There's there's nothing I need to do for these other sequels that like, well I can't I can't critically evaluate them unless I'm looking at it as a whole. Like I can just enjoy the movie. Oh yeah, it, yeah. I, I think that's been very helpful for me.
3: No, I agree. And I even what Peter said, where I I agree with you, Aaron. Where to me, it it makes sense that you know for to set it up as their relationship fell apart, just because kind of like we talked about, it makes him continue to be like a flawed real person versus yeah. the usual all that stuff but but it does seem very doable to still keep you like you said oh she's out of town like that like something along those lines could yeah. be very feasible the other the other thing i do think it makes sense is just like he's on the outs then with the actual cops and stuff like that but like we've already kind of established that he's a renegade not a renegade but like yeah. whatever but i do like that then it puts a dynamic of he doesn't even he cares, obviously, about his job. That's the only thing, all that stuff. But it, it adds another layer of he's just a guy on a uh, downward trajectory. And it does it does make for more interesting scenes to me where it's like, you know, when when he gets his badge back, it's not. Oh, yeah, I'm back on the force. It's like, no, I want to hear you say it like he, he he is just like a mad, not a madman. He is an angry person. Where He's just like, no, you, you, you say it. You tell me I'm I'm back, right? You you gotta you I gotta mean, I do, say I do, the fucking yeah, I do words feel like it's like that kind that. of stuff where you're like, all right, yeah. shit, okay, geez, man, like you are even even the one thing you care about, you're still like, oh no, you gotta like he's okay with if this all goes away tomorrow, that's fine. I'm just gonna drink my my sorrows away, anyways. My only like continued
2: frustration with it is less to do with the way it impacts my enjoyment of a diehard one or a two or the emotional core there, and more just like it's super lazy, like like yeah. they break they. Like, the little wife thing at the end where it's like...
3: You mean he calls her? Hey,
2: yeah, yeah. Where he's like, here, give me the quarter and stuff like that. To, to call her, like, it, what they're doing is that it's just lazy screen screenwriting to, like, hey, we're not going to actually, like, try to build an emotional center here, but we think we're going to throw one in based on the fact that... Oh, you really liked when he got back together with his wife in the first movie, right? What if we do that again at the last minute as like a lazy way for you to go? That guy's going to be all right. Like, or, that's my continued frustration with it. It's, fair, just, but, it's, just, it's just lazy. But I was going to say, or but they set it up for the
3: fourth one to be like, and now they're back together. Like, oh, look, this we could still have our isolated movie. And look, oh, they're back now. Like, if, if they could get the actress or – but I do agree. Having it at the very end being like, they probably worked it out. Like – Nothing happened, but it's implied.
0: You know, he called
3: her. He he called yeah. her. Okay, what what more could she ask for? Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, it's and just I I, of... I do think I do think like with that sequence, I, I the way I read it, maybe this is just knowing how the fourth movie is. The way I read it, and, and also me just having a headcanon where John McClane becomes a worst version of himself every year. Um, he becomes he... more and more
2: like Bruce Willis. Yes, yes. pretty much. Uh,
0: and. uh my headcanon on that is not that he gets back together with his wife because we don't actually hear the conversation. We don't see Holly, she's not in the movie. It's that he's trying now. He's he's at least trying to communicate with her. He wants to have a relationship with his kids. He has fucking kids that he has also presumably <laughs> yeah. been yeah. not seen for a year. Like yeah. um minimum of two. Um yeah. he's got a, a Mary Elizabeth Winstead at home, and he's got a <laughs> a, a, a Jay Courtney at home. Um, yeah, at least one of those deserves his love.
3: <laughs> um, and he ad- and ad- ad- adopts Justin Long, obviously. Duh. <laughs> Wait,
2: think I'm of Justin <laughs> Long,
0: and,
3: and <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: now you guys are brother and sister. Yep. Good luck, fucking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've shit. adopted. I mean, you. It, it didn't stop
0: anybody in Clueless, but.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, part of part of the reason all that's in there, though. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, is that, like, everything from the part where he's, like, give me a quarter to call my wife to the ending calling his wife is, like, a total reshoot. Um, yes. Not, yes. like, we, the we reason why there's the no up in it, shot. and they never, t- yeah, they never talk about it, ever. So, like, the, the last ten minutes, the reason why it feels like out of nowhere, he starts, you know, talking about how he didn't call his wife, and he gives him a quarter, and then the, the very end of the movie is because... Like, it originally there's a there's a McLean says ending which is also still in the novel I've seen the original ending it was like uh, I was really excited about it when I got the old uh, shiny DVD they had for this that had the original ending
3: um
2: which I which was always more like especially when DVDs were really into like special feature stuff like alternate ending was oh that was like, awesome yeah well alternate ending was always like okay alternate ending like something that they never really worked original ending. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's got me a little more enticed here out. But essentially like it, it, I don't think either ending is Great shakes I do think that the reshot ending is better Even if it does add in all the stuff about uh, Holly only because like Have you guys seen the original ending? Unless the
3: original ending is he says yeah fuck chicks man And then him and Samuel just start tonguing Mad I'm assuming it's It's not a big difference I mean like I'm assuming he's just like uh, You know it is what it is I'm gonna go back to drinking
0: no, yeah, like I, I didn't watch it, but the description of it sounds uh, miserable, and then I didn't even bother looking it up on YouTube.
2: <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it since 2004, so my memory is a little rusty, but um, it, it essentially, like, he does get away. Like, they don't, that, that whole thing of where McClain gets the aspirin The aspirin bottle is all an add on? Uh, I don't know if he, as far as I know, he throws in the aspirin or not, but like, Sorry, that I mean, is the a revelation.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, yeah he, always, it, he always throws in the aspirin bottle, and he's always tracing back Yeah, uh, something on the bottom of the aspirin bottle.
2: Yeah, he does find him again, but it's not like a, holy shit, grab the troops! He's, he's in Quebec! Uh, whatever else, like, uh, uh, happens in this. Instead, it's like, a while later, Zeus is nowhere to be found, and he basically just walks into, like, the office that Jeremy Irons has, and he has a gun, and he plays a game of McLean Says that results in him shooting. Um, so, like, I get what they're going for. Is yeah. like, you know, oh, now I'm in control, and now you're going to play my game, and my game is going to actually result in your death. But, it, like, it, it is weird that it's like, okay, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. Movie over, bad guy escape, sometime later, McLean shows up and is like, hey.
3: I'm gonna, if I gonna put, put six bullets office, into this revolver and I pull one trigger while pointing at your head, yeah, McLean says yeah, you a,
2: die. I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't. It, the The original ending like made sense from like a shitty screenwriter who's like, and then at the end it becomes McLean says, and but it's Simon says. You see what happens here? Um, but it, it's not very good. I, it, but that's where you end up with the weird like Holly stuff because they're trying to. Fix uh fix an ending based on a lot of audience feedback. uh Last thing, that let's talk about and then let's get into the movie uh, proper. I didn't know this, and I think the way it was revealed to me on Wikipedia was fucking hilarious. In that same way that like Wikipedia sometimes has passive aggressive, like at, by reporting facts that have been heavily edited and monitored, it sometimes gets super passive aggressive, and I love that. <laughs> And so Wikipedia's entry on how this, like, critical reaction to this movie was uh, the movie was released in theaters in 1995 to mixed reviews and became the number one grossing movie of 1995.
3: (laughs) Well, the the fun fact of that one that I read was apparently it it was the 10th highest grossing in the U.S. US, And it's, like, one of only four or five movies to ever, you know, be the top of the year just because of international stuff versus –
2: yeah, it made 90 million dollars in the US which puts it at 10 behind some like bigger movies like Apollo 13 and some other stuff that like made you know hundreds of millions of dollars. Um but it made 386 million dollars worldwide and was the number one growth like that's that's at a time when like international box office wasn't that big. This like did whatever four times its its U.S. box office in 1995, and uh, uh, yeah, did like 386 million, like huge, insane. They didn't do a sequel to this for 12 years. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. shocked they didn't
3: yeah. immediately as the top grossing movie of the of the year that they wouldn't turn around and immediately try and capitalize on that.
0: Yeah, uh, and I, I do before we move on to the end. Uh, oh, sorry, before we move end. on to oh. the main part of the episode. Oh, sorry, Batman Forever. We've Band Band talked about Toy about... Story, where the uh, and Apollo thirteen were the three highest in the U.S. Oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, the other ones that I, wa- the other thing I want to talk about, and it's, we've been spending this whole time talking about Bruce Willis and, and John McClane. We need to talk about his partner, um, played by Samuel Jackson. Um, so this is kind of interesting because Samuel Jackson, th- th- before Pulp Fiction, it wasn't like it wasn't like Quentin Tarantino like discovered. Samuel L. Jackson, like I feel like that's weirdly the narrative is that like Quentin Tarantino like discovers these actors, like no, a lot of them have. Yeah, Tony careers. Scott discovered him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was in. I mean, he was in. He was in fucking Coming to America. He was in Jungle Fever. He was in yeah. Do the Right Thing. He's in a lot of really good movies. Uh, he's in. He's in. St- he plays Stacks in Goodfellas. Like he worked with Martin Scorsese. Like we can't get Quentin. There Tarantino was also a while where he was Correct.
3: like just one of those dudes who would be in everything, not complaining, but like he's in a lot of good movies, but there was also I feel like a while where it was just like, Samuel Jackson will show up and you're just like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, why not?
0: But yeah, uh Samuel Jackson, uh the he was cast in this movie, which seems kind of backwards, but he was cast in this movie because Bruce Willis liked working with him in Pulp Fiction, and Lawrence Fishburne was apparently playing um he was he was playing the the money game with the producers and they didn't want to yep. pay him rightfully or wrongfully they didn't want to pay him as much as, as as he wanted and then uh lawrence fishburne and them um, reached some sort of agreement and they were like you know what uh, like not written agreement and then uh the, the producers went basically like you know fuck you samuel jackson we'll do it for the money we want to pay him um and then lawrence fishburne ended up uh, suing suing the producers for oh really um yeah they didn't yeah. settle
2: for a while yeah
0: yeah, it took a couple of years, which I, you know, maybe had an impact on Lawrence Fishburne's career, but it's hard to tell because The Matrix was He's still around. in '99. Yeah. So, it's
2: yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like, I I don't necessarily blame him, but he he uh, he literally was doing this thing where he decided because he, he had never starred in a movie and was convinced that he was a he should be a, a leading man as opposed to like a co-star. Um, that he was only going to accept movies where he was. Uh, he was a lead or co-lead, and he expected his salary to, to reflect, reflect
0: that. that. Um, and this yeah. is this is the definition of a movie where you are the co-lead if you're Samuel Fucking Jackson. If you're if you're an actor with that kind of of just uh, ability to carry any scene and this ability to yeah. add power to even like a fairly mediocre joke, you are the co-lead. And if you're just kind of like. I don't know a uh, um, uh, uh, Jay Courtney. Um, you you d- you don't become the co lead. You are now the guy that hangs out with John McClane. And so it's Samuel Jackson who's already like a veteran actor. He could do funny. He could do action. He could do dramatic. He could do he could do everything. And uh, every scene that's Zeus alone, Zeus with a cop, Zeus with the bad guys uh Zeus up against John McClane himself he 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 just steals he steals oh yeah absolutely moment every moment your your eyes are drawn to Samuel Jackson because he's that 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 ineffable Samuel Jackson-ness that means like even in the worst movies even in the dumbest movies Samuel Jackson is just like carrying the movie on his fucking shoulders well that's the other
3: tidbit that I remember reading was like apparently he was also a big fan of the first one so Bruce Willis was like, well, obviously, you know, Samuel Jackson is great. And he's like and he's seen the first one like 30 fucking times or something like that. Like there was that was part of the selling point was like he he gets it. He knows what's going on. He likes it. Like, why wouldn't we bring him on board?
0: Yeah. And then they would go on to be in um, obviously like the Unbreakable and Glass movies together. Um, So they they clearly had some sort of healthy relationship once this was was over. And they spoiler (laughs) for Glass
2: movies. (laughs) Bless bless movies Uh, You guys ready to talk about Die Hard With
0: a vengeance With a vengeance I'm ready to talk about Die Hard with a vengeance With friends Yeah, Aaron, um, I'm going to do the recap. Yeah, good. It's your turn. With vengeance. So, um, we open A Bomb Explodes, New York City. Hot, cool summer in the city. Uh, Everyone keeps... This ain't your daddy's Christmas movie! Yeah, this ain't your daddy's Christmas movie because it's not one. It's the opposite! Summer movie Yeah it's a hot summer It's an indie, Hot damn
2: movie for mom Yeah they really throw it They really throw it in your fucking face Don't they They're just like Hey you know the last two were Christmas movies How do you feel about this Hot damn (laughs) (laughs) Summer
0: (laughs) Let's you know that the movie is going to be using some cursing Yeah Like hot damn So yeah uh, It's hot damn summer in the city Um, (laughs) It's so hot better get out them (laughs) titties What's the next line in the song? I, I legitimately
2: thought for like 20 years of my life it was hot down somewhere in the city until right at this moment. And that's kind of blowing my mind a little. So who knows? What <laughs>
0: yeah. This, I Look, I part part I'm not, look, cities, I'm not but...
2: prepared to find out what the second line is. I'm still wrestling with learning what the first line is. So yeah. just tell us what happens in the movie before my mind oozes out of my
1: ears.
0: A bomb explodes in New York City. Who does it? Um, The movie... Is about a mad bimer who goes by Simon, um, who speaks riddles to the police uh and demands John McClain get uh get out here. Come on and, and play his riddles with him. Come on, John McClain. He has a vaguely German accent. Remember that for later. Uh first explosion happens, John Mc- they, he tells him that another bomb is gonna go off, and this time it's actually gonna really fuck people up because it'll be a populated center, unless John McClain uh does something. They, the get police are quiet. like This guy's suspended, and he's a drunk, and everything we talked about in the first half of this episode. Uh, And and he's like... I
2: I can't remember, has anything notable ever happened to him? Blanking for now, I'll come back to that later.
0: (laughs) Um, So, John McClane gets uh, roused from a hangover, uh, and he gets shoved out in Harlem with a sign that says, I hate N-words, but with the real word and he is standing out on the corner and basically, yeah, that's what, that's what the Simon says person demanded. He demanded that he stand on in the corner with a sandwich board sign and, and say this. Uh, and when somebody comes up to him and tries to get him to like, fuck off, he, he, he explains like, no, I, I'm a cop. And like, if I don't do this, they're going to blow up a bomb in Harlem. Um, that's what he, he tells this character Zeus played by Samuel Jackson, who's just a shopkeeper he seems like he's like a good role model on like young like kids Christian. in the area. He seems like he's like just like you know he's he's been around the block. He's he's supposed to be quote unquote street wise, but he's also like he's just like ethical and wants his life to not get fucked up. Uh, and then there's a group of uh, young men. Um, this is very much a uh, cultural insensitivity thing. That it's sort of like the the cultured black man and the gangbangers that's the two type of people that live in harlem like um of course there's clearly a gangbanger group of guys who walk up to john McClain, and throw a knife at the sandwich board and samuel jackson has to save him by in a reference to the first movie ripping a piece that's taped to his back off and then pointing it at those guys and then they both uh take off in a Take off in a cab to get the hell out of that neighborhood to avoid these guys' wrath. And now, uh, uh, Zeus, um, who the Simon calls the Samaritan, is in on it. he's, he's part of the deal, um, he's tied in there with with John McClane. Uh These two do not get along. They are bound to each other purely by Zeus not wanting a white cop getting killed in his neighborhood, right on his street. And um, they they
2: speak. McLean the, tricks him to go along on the next thing, right? Though, because he's like, hey. Uh, that we you know that bomb we found the liquid bomb planted in harlem
0: yeah yeah uh, john McClane basically lies and says you know like t- to motivate him basically says like you know that bomb is going to blow up in your neighborhood next so it motivates it motivates uh zeus to to come along uh they speak to simon on the phone john mcclain doesn't recognize his voice or anything but you know he's just like it's a it's a, it's a nut whatever um let's go on to his next his his next challenge which involves it's a um cell phone or sorry it's a um it's a math problem that they have to solve in a payphone phone. Uh, they have to dial the right number which is 555 plus the answer um and it's like a kind of a trick trick math problem you if you multiply all the numbers he's, it's like yeah he's not something. using very
2: complicated like he's using like stuff that you probably heard in a riddle book when you were 8 years old
0: yeah, Which is fine. Yeah, it, like I, I don't have a problem with it, but it's um, but the stakes are high, right? Like if yeah. you fuck it up, you'll get blown up. So uh, mm-hmm. you know it's not two thousand whatever. or The answer is like zero 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 one. Um, and uh, this is kind of just a a, a a way of of Simon fucking with him, but he establishes uh, at around the same time in the movie that he's not fucking around because he allows one of his bombs to be found. And uh, the, as a bomb maker character uh, explains, these bombs are in a really, I think, really great like visual tool. Great scene. It's like yeah. there's there's a, there's white stuff and there's red stuff, and when you mi- when they mix together, all they need is some sort of cataclysmic moment, uh, and they explode. Um, So, pretend it's really your vast easy deference
2: thought. got tangled up with your cardiovascular
0: system. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Yikes! <laughs> I hate it. Just another, just another visualization for everyone. <laughs> Uh, it's a big yikes for me doc um, not not a fan uh <laughs> <Ryan laughs> left no yeah, I,
3: didn't. I, of of I didn't I tried to talk I didn't I never left I actually still don't know what you said <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: good we can go on that'll probably get cut out
0: yeah <laughs> so there's a third there's a third thing going on which is uh there's a third bomb that uh gets um uh, there's a promise of a third bomb in a a water fountain um, that they no subway subway first subways next okay uh they yeah. need to get Oh, yes. So after the phone call, they need to get their, their way all across town in a way that's 90 blocks in kind of 20
2: minutes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of impossible. Um, But they try anyways by stealing. They, the subway's too slow. They try stealing a car and driving it through Central Park. And that's kind of like one of the fun parts of this movie is that like they're in a it's prison. shot in New York. Uh, shot, shot in New York, shot in Charleston for some fake scenes. But some of the stuff is like... Actually, like when they shoot in the New York Tunnel 3 later in the movie, um, they actually shot part of that in New York Tunnel 3, It's really rad. One of the fun things about this movie is that they're kind of in like a prison of like, uh, they're not allowed to escape this, otherwise a lot of people are going to die, bombs are going to keep going off. But they're also kind of like liberated to do crazy shit around New York that like some of the stuff you probably have wanted to do, like drive your car through Central Park. Um, Hopefully not the sandwich board thing. Um, Playing a fountain. yes (laughs) and it's kind of about their new york knowledge clashing this is not a movie about like the black streetwise guy versus the smart bookworm white guy like it's not playing in those sort of racist stereotypes it's actually more like they have different types of street knowledge based on what a white cop is allowed to do versus what a black man is allowed to do um also like making a hundred man solve math problems is a special kind of mean yeah, yeah. It's it's also funny because John McClane keeps kind of pass trying to pass the buck off to, to Zeus. He's like, "Oh yeah, you, yeah, I was gonna, I was going to come up with that answer next." Um, but um, they can't really make it in time, and they end up splitting up. Um, Zeus makes it to the phone in time, but John McClane is on the subway trying to find the bomb because they ascertain that the bomb is on one of the subway cars uh, on this platform and. There's a moment, uh, a scene that we should probably just talk about now, where a cop, uh, <laughs> Zeus basically has to yell at a guy to get him off of a payphone, and then a cop immediately draws on him, um, which is what would really happen. Um, well, and part of the reason, yeah. not, I
3: mean, it's still all for the same reason, but isn't it because he like, skips the turnstile or whatever as well, because he's obviously in a rush? There's, there, there's some yeah. other thing where he's like, hey, so like he's already got his attention, but yeah, he's yelling at a dude on a phone, and so the cop draws his gun.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's um it's something that you can recognize in like the day to day reality of New York right now, where like New York instead of working on uh, certain infrastructure problems, we're just like we need more cops in the subways to make sure that people aren't um, skipping the turnstiles and not paying their fare, um, and aren't uh, whatever double riding where two people go through the same thing at the same time. The difference is that in real life, uh, he doesn't let Samuel L. Jackson pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, the cop is, the cop is immediately pointing the gun at him, and it's supposed to be just something that's, like, this isn't some weird thing that's happening, like, Samuel Jackson is, like, I know, I've seen this happen to me, probably to people I know, I know exactly how this ends, but if he doesn't pick up the phone, people are gonna die, so he picks up the phone, and, uh, it was Jeremy Irons, uh, (laughs) Simon says, uh, you're late, so, sorry, rules are rules. And John McClane, at this point has already found the bomb and has ch- was he, ch- he chucked it behind the train to at least get it away from passengers, which uh saved a lot of people's lives because it was disguised in the train. It would have killed a lot, a lot of people. And it uh knocks the train plat the, the train car across the platform laterally. Um, but it only uh injures people. No one no one actually gets killed. Um, so they did manage to save people, but you know, Simon's not fucking around. Um, they come out of that. Well, Also,
2: that- they. one of the things I really like about that scene really quick in case we don't come back to it is that the they make a point to show that before time has elapsed, the bomb starts mixing like he is going to blow that up regardless. He gave him an impossible task. It doesn't matter that they almost made it because that them failing that specific task
3: is critical to his master plan. And we know yeah. as the audience that the trigger was actually on the train track, not anything else so yep. no matter what it was gonna blow up and also not to be not that picky, Peter. Yep. i love you to death but the reason why that one was wrong only because like otherwise every single call is just you relate that one was because john mcclain wasn't with him he's like if both, of, if oh, both yes. of you aren't there it does not count sorry like that kind of bullshit
0: yes yes he says yeah he's he's uh really tied their fates together you're right it's a good call he's really tied their fates together if if john McLean and Anne and him are, are, are both not there then um you know, you're fucked. But also, like, if they had both been there and John hadn't split off to go get the bomb or whatever, it uh, they probably he would have come died. up with a different like. You did this, and that was against the rule. Like
2: to to that point, like that that to that bomb was blowing up no matter what. Like
0: from and it probably movie- would have killed both of them.
2: Yeah, from a movie perspective, they're doing that because they haven't tipped its hand on, on who Simon is or what his plan is. What One thing I fucking love about this movie is that you do have 45 minutes of what I imagine was what Simon says, right? Like, uh where, like, you don't see... Uh, Jeremy Irons you don't know he's Hans Gruber's brother you don't know about the bank plot that they're just going from point A to point B so you don't really know necessarily that like that bomb was one that was
0: gonna go off regardless of whether they achieved their um, their goal. I agree and it's it's uh, this is the point when we can actually start talking about Jeremy Irons as uh, Simon Peter Gruber. Um, because he, uh, after this New York explosion sequence, we he gets to have a entrance that I think rivals um, Hans Gruber's really entrance in the original. It's really good, yeah. It's really fucking good, dude. So forty five minutes in the movie, you haven't seen this guy. You just think he's maybe a crazy person that you know hates John McClane for some reason. And then all of a sudden, you see Jeremy Irons on a on a rooftop, and you're sort of putting pieces together. You're like, oh, this is the mega terrorist. Uh, it's Jeremy Irons, so he's he's hot. Um, he speaks so with a uh, hot. He's hot he's, in he's, this movie. He's that hot. he's hot. Well, to tell you. well, also the... Hans Gruber. I'll tell you this,
2: Hans Gruber, not hot. Oh
3: no, no. but like, but like, if it was fuck Mary Kill, I'd be marrying Hans. But I, bet boy, I'd be, I'd be fucking uh, Simon. All right, Simon Peter K. You're... <laughs> uh, you're definitely
2: killing the villain from Die Hard 2 Sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. He is the he is a
3: right-wing fascist, right wing fascist. There's like, no way he's good and yeah. bad. There's no way. No. Uh, Absolutely not. Oh. Even with even with the hot buns. Also, before the reveal, you get a no. call saying saying there's a bomb in the school. So you're like, ooh, it's still on. Oh, yeah. The game is still in play. And then it cuts back, and you see him on the roof, and he's like, oh, wait, there's something bigger going on here. Oh, he's getting everybody away from where they're at. Well, and the great yeah, part is so he, he does knows. the whole dump truck thing,
2: and they go down. He get those cops killed, and then he does like a fl- like it's so good because he does the he's looking at everything. He talks to a couple people. He does an American accent. It's like, oh, these dump trucks. We're in the city engineering, you know, city hall. This close downtown Wall Street. We gotta protect one. And it's like one fluid motion of them like changing his sunglasses. Oh yeah, 5 people back. join him walks
3: into the Federal Reserve. Like it's so goddamn. Big. I get he's hot, but I I don't think you have to bring up his massive dump truck uh, in this movie. <laughs> he's got 12 dump trucks. He's got
0: big old dump truck. Look at that, boy. He brought a God. fleet of dump trucks. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, He does have a bunch of tall, hunky German guys with him. So, in a sense, he did bring a fleet of dump trucks. That is true, yeah.
3: Um, A fleet of gold dump trucks. You
0: guys are wearing solid gold diapers. So, this is... (laughs) This is a sequence. This is a sequence that, like, I think, rivals the original, and is is maybe my favorite sequence in all of the Die Hard movies. Where um, you're expecting another. They just said there's a thousand schools in uh, in New York City, and uh, you know uh, the bomb could be in any one of them. And then he gives them a 21 out of 42 or something. He gives him like a weird riddle. Um, Yeah, 21 half is 42. But because John McClane is hungover and also not that smart um, and Samuel Jackson just isn't, it's not clicking with him either. They don't realize that it's referring to presidents, that they're naming um, Chester A. Arthur. There's a school named Chester A. Arthur. That's where the bomb is. So while this is happening, this is all a big distraction. Cops are out searching as many schools as they possibly can. It's a futile fucking task. But they're searching as many schools as they can. And um, th- this this heist goes off. Um, to similar to to the original Die Hard movie that is like set to classical music, Hans Gruber is pulling off as you're saying he's he's pulling off this accent. He's he, they're robbing the Federal Reserve. Uh, your hundred twenty billion dollars, dollars. Yeah. is uh, uh yeah hundred and forty billion dollars, which is fucking nuts. Um so in 1995, stealing... so I imagine it's at least one forty two, one
3: forty three nowadays. Oh yeah, inflation. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, if it's you like if, like, if you invest a, if you invest correctly, oh yeah for sure. Oh yeah. You got those big bucks, baby. Oh
0: yeah. People, yeah we're, we're not going to touch it. it. We're going to last, advice,
2: right? We're going to do low yield
0: property <laughs> over 30 years. If I had to give investment advice, I would say have 140 billion dollars and put some of it in savings and just put it all in checking. Oh yeah. So you can yeah, have, that, That's <laughs> That's FDIC insurance. <laughs> like, you'll be fine. Yeah. You you want you want your Not all your of wet, it, but you want it liquid. You want your bucks nice and wet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you love. Who doesn't like wet bucks? Wet bucks. Yeah, wet, wet bucks drive me nuts.
2: Get them watered. I, I like to just throw dollars on a plate and then dump
0: a glass of water while I yell, let's slop them up. <laughs> 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 uh, That's basically what I do with my checking account, keep it nice and liquid.
2: No one can stop you from just putting your credit card on a table and ordering a glass
0: of water. <laughs> I, do, any of these, do any of these guys have their hair slicked back? I don't think so. Maybe that's why they fail.
2: Maybe push I me. Mean, all push of back. these people used to be a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> and and are presently and also. And are, are
2: currently. Yeah. I mean, M- mclean has got a weird, slick back uh, blonde dude. So, yeah. He, he probably, like, at the end, he calls his wife finally, and we don't hear the phone
0: call, but he's like, I used to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> White pants. What? That's profanos. why he left his family because he thought that little he thought his little baby was judging him. Yeah, his little Jay Courtney <laughs> baby.
2: <laughs> I think Jay Courtney doesn't like me because he knows I used to be a piece of shit.
3: <laughs> I will say, obviously, because we're on a tangent. My favorite thing is when the one guy pops in. He's like, "Well, because you used to be a piece of shit." I, I, what, wait, oh, no, I'm not. I'm gonna fuck it up. Or he's like, "I used to." be I said, "Used to." Oh, fuck you! I said, <laughs> "Used to." <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm I'm starting to think uh, Simon Hans Gruber thinks I can't change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think Jay Courtney can't thinks I can't change. But um, but yeah, so uh, badass sequence. They kill a bunch of the security guards, knock out some of them. One of the cops gets killed uh, as well. Doesn't really matter. Um, but it's it, the reason that I love this is that it's 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 uh the last movie when what I was missing because Bruce Willis, excuse me, because John McClane is 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 on guard from the beginning and he's paranoid. He makes the bad guys look constantly incompetent because he's con- he's foiling their plans basically every step of the way. In this one, John McClane is back to being two or three steps behind yeah. um and just playing catch up. And uh while this You're is You're right cuz he he, Simon- he is he is ahead
2: in all the other movies like he knows what's going on before they know he exists in the first Die Hard. And he's like the only sane man in a crazy airport where he's like, I,
0: if everyone just listens to me, I've basically solved this. Yeah, yeah. he's He, he sounds like a, a nutjob with a gun in an airport, which like that movie does not work if it's pre-9-11 at all, or post-9-11 at all. Um, And this, um, Finesse and Brute Force is back. That beautiful mix that Hans Gruber pulled off in the original where he'd have like some guy doing like an elegant sort of distraction while another guy shoots someone in the head. Like that, yeah. that sort of a mix of this like beautiful mix of, of, of um, grace and horrific violence, uh, including his uh, right hand lady um, who uh, slices and dices a security guard in an incredibly yeah. bloody fashion. Like this guy looks like he sprung a leak in two or three places and yeah. uh, Hans Gruber has to Sort of erotically stop her? Um, I don't know about
3: sort of, but very, it seems very I mean,
0: sexually charged. It's very sexually charged. Um, We're noting too, like,
2: they're hired by this government to destroy all these things, and there is, like, a true believer as, like, the, the co-heister.
0: Yeah, and that's what's fun about this movie is that like you believe for a long period of time that like <laughs> that Simon Peter Gerber is uh, is a true believer and that his whole crew is is, is true believers and it it's, it's kind of it's kind of true, but what turns out uh, later on is that Simon Peter Gruber is just like Hans and that he's using the, yeah, the sort of I know terrorist this family. thing. family. And not yep. just a cover from the police, a cover within his own organization because he has true yeah. believers in his org, and he knows that that's a way to manipulate people and make them die for you. Uh, yeah. Um, what's, uh, in case you don't get back
2: to it, um, die hard for I, you. I, I do want to make sure that we get to some of your what, – what's, what's some of your favorite lines of that, uh, that
1: woman?
0: Oh, my favorite part is when she's, uh, she sees, uh, you know, Seven Peter Gruber coming up those stairs, and she's, like, ready to go sexually, and she just goes. Oh, yeah. Great line. What, um, what's your favorite I, line? And also the contact.
2: I, I like when they're riding in the truck together, and they're arguing about, you shouldn't have toyed with him because they realize McCain is back. And then she, like, looks at both of them and says.
0: I like in that same sequence. Hold on, Mr. I wasn't Put his head through the window.
2: <laughs> I wasn't done.
3: I'm still saying. Hold on, I'm still saying her line. He goes. You left him alive. I like when they're uh, mid coitus and a helicopter light shines through, and they realize they've been caught in the jigs up. And she, um, she she pulls out her gun, starts firing, and then she says, "Oh, dude,
2: that was in the original ending." Oh, okay. <laughs> They they were like, Oh, should she be racist? And they're like, just cut it.
3: I like the idea that they were like, What about if she's like the crazy, you know, unhinged character who'll just slice and dice, you know, two people or whatever? What if it was a woman and they're like, Oh man, what's she gonna say? They're like, Okay, we, we're already we're breaking through so many things already oh, they're but like by, we
2: wrote by, for one woman already by, by she's in the police like violent. we can't
3: write for two women we're not, not going to give her lines but she's going to be like whoa a chick's doing that in both those scenes no way i mean he still fucks her got, don't i mean yeah. don't get me wrong
2: oh yeah no it's pretty hot i mean and violent but that's what gets me off um but to like we have the we have the police lady she's got lines I think a teacher has a line like, "Oh yeah, we gotta write another line for women." I don't think that so. one teacher's like the doors are locked. I mean,
0: it's there. They're, they say them. Yeah, it's probably like a union thing. <laughs> this is definitely one of the weirdest tropes in action movies that perv- that is like still pervasive. Is the uh, hot silent killer lady? It's definitely uh, men not realizing that they're being unoriginal and that they're just constantly pulling from the same pool of tropes. But at the same time, uh, clearly telling on themselves a little bit about what their fetish is. (laughs) (laughs) They have like a dominatrix fetish, but they also don't want the dominatrix to say anything mean. (laughs) Do you think maybe it's like a singing in the rain situation where they hired the actress and she opened her mouth on set and she's like, well,
2: I think we should kill John McClane. They're like, oh, maybe Silent Killer. I
1: love slicing either. and dicing. <laughs> I'm a dicer.
2: <laughs>
3: I will say, I'm will a slicer. It, just because the fetish up it, it, it made me feel really weird that in the one sex scene, obviously, it's like, oh, you know, he opens the door and she jumps on his back like a spider like oh my god oh this is like oh she's crazy she's gonna be crazy even in the bedroom because she's such a nut job and then he puts her on the desk and she's like yeah okay that's about it I'll i'll lay here that's that's how the sex life is i I, i'm i'm more right up to just the entrance and then uh, that's fine yeah
0: i love i love that their sex their idea of rough sex is um is, is is uh I will put you in a place to have missionary sex. Yes. To you.
3: Time to have missionary sex. Oh, you ripped my shirt. I mean, I guess that's okay. That's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, the person that wrote
2: this movie between this and like the, uh, like, you know, the real racism nowadays is white racism. This guy has like eight manga hats in his face,
0: Like, 100%. Uh, can we find out if the writer of Die Hard with a Vengeance is a MAGA, a MAGA boy? Um, uh, but yeah, this is kind of like the perfect halfway point in the movie um this this heist john mcclain uh sniffs out the heist and then he um he sniffs out the heist because of a joke earlier that like cops all play the lotto and they all play their own badge numbers yeah um is there any well no that's he why sniffs he sniffs off out the fake cops like he sniffs out the heist because that kid is stealing shit and he's like there's no cops anywhere yeah that gives him the clue to go to the scene but these guys seem to be pulling off this yeah they do pretty good they're doing pretty good one of them makes like a mistake and like not understanding what the term indian summer means but like that's not that's that's not enough to start uh well doing what he does which is he there's like an elevator a tight little elevator uh with four or five guys in it and he utterly fucking obliterates them with his handgun (laughs) well they're like they're
3: they're a couple things i remember reading about like the whatever so it's the one guy says it's raining like dogs and cats out there because apparently i think it's in german it's dogs and cats inside cats and dogs and then he says something about always working the lift instead of an elevator which both of those are not that is not enough to just start murdering all these people but then obviously the one guy's got the 6991 badge so then he knows something's up
0: yeah, yeah, he he sniffs something out, but to the degree that he. Um, but yeah, no, they they they're doing a great job. Yeah, they're doing a great job, and also they've got like five dudes in an elevator. I'm not sure really what they're waiting for. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, John McClane fucking brutally murders them and is showered in their blood at a at a point. It's pretty rad, and he he goes downstairs and he discovers yeah this this sort of uh, open tunnel where they. Drilled through, and they were able to escape with the fourteen dump trucks. Um, did you? Did you also read that thing that it would take like five hundred dump trucks to do this? Because of how heavy gold is, oh, I did really? read that.
2: But I'm never, I'm never opposed to more dump trucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wouldn't matter if it was like realistically. Down a little bit. <laughs> I'm never opposed to more dump trucks. <laughs> So, so yeah, this, what was up. this 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 movie is kind of, or this scene is kind of at like the perfect halfway point. Um, and at this point, uh, MacGruber, uh, MacGruber, God damn it, I did it again. <laughs> uh, at this point, Simon Gruber,
2: yeah, who's I, who, hold on, who's he more like, so, John McCain so,
3: or Mac? So John McCain goes up against MacGruber again. <laughs>
0: oh christ um but yeah so he uh uh, gruber (laughs) just gruber
1: um
0: of german heritage goes uh he goes public uh he goes full joker mode on everyone this movie has a lot of dark knight has a lot of this movie's dna to be honest um i'll talk about that later but the he goes full joker mode he basically tells the whole town to get a panic going that um there's a bomb in the schools Uh, And the cops try and keep control of a lot of these scenes, uh, and they start uh, putting the kids in a position ready to, like, run out of the school. Because they say, we're
2: watching the school that it's in, and if if the kids go, we'll blow it up. Bye-bye, baby.
0: Yeah, which, you know, it's a little implausible that they would, that all... they would be able to watch all 1,000 schools, but they do find the bomb, which means they're theoretically watching this one school. Uh, so the bomb expert is working on uh, the bomb, and it's a very sort of tense tense scene as John McClane and Zeus are chasing uh, Gruber It is sort of like... This is where the movie kind of goes off the rails plot-wise because it's just them sort of going, oh, we see the trucks. Oh, the trucks are on a tugboat. Oh, we need to get to that tugboat. Oh, we're on the tugboat. Oh, we need to figure out a way out of the tugboat. Look,
2: I don't know why you're calling it a tugboat. It's like a boat. (laughs) It's like a tugboat is the little boat that pushes the tankers into
0: place. is 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 it tugging? Oh, it's tugging. Then yeah. shut the fuck up this boat tug. Shut the tug up, the tug Tug up. on me. <laughs> oh yeah. My 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 favorite scruffy the tugboat that's wrapped around a circle. It's just don't tug on me. <laughs> Christ. Um, but yeah, he's uh, they 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 they, they uh, make it to a bridge. Um, oh no no no! We need to talk about the fucking. We need to talk about the fucking uh, tunnel number three. So uh, they escape via these uh, tunnels that carry water um, from the Catskills to New York, and um, it's actually really cool. This is like a real thing that has been in development for a long fucking time and is supposed to be complete in the next five to ten years. Like, it's still under construction. Uh, but it's supposed to be a backup water source for New York to get fresh water. Um, the aqueducts. is from the Catskills. Um, so they they start going through this tunnel. Stealing
2: water uh, from good, hard-working
0: Catskill
2: Americans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you a Catskills comic would have a good joke about that, but I'm not one, so let's move on. Um, there is a uh, sequence where... John also murders a bunch of guys in their truck cab. That's fucking rad and really great, bloody great too. Scene.
2: I love great. that the the yeah the super nerdy truck guy he got driving around too. He's like, yeah, twenty first president. No one knows who the twenty first president is. Like just A. Arthur.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 great. It's great and it's also like it's one of those things where like, <laughs> Gruber probably needed to get a little bit more clever because <laughs> knowing the twenty first president is like not a. This is not not a feat. Like now, pretend it's, it's you don't that have they found phone. I was going to say without
3: Google or anything that actually would. Be, I mean, you're like, yeah. If you don't know it, then you're just like, shit. Okay, who knows yeah. it?
0: Yeah. What do you do? Go to but the, the pro- library. But the problem is that they don't. The problem is that their their uh John Mac- John Maclean's phone gets uh fucked up or his radio or whatever. However, he's talking to the them. phone. Well, the phone gets shot. Use, well, they can't use the radio. Ah, yes, yes, okay. Because cool. they uh-huh.
2: they said the the ra- the radio frequency. Uh, has a tendency to trigger the bombs, and we put one in a school. And then um, when they we, when they need them to stop using the phones, they uh, the announce radios. they basically leak the fact that the, there's a bomb in the school, so everyone starts. But then, but
3: them. then John McClane has uh, well, yeah, they they definitely they mess up the actual like circuit. I mean, whatever you want to call it, the relay because they have everybody flooded. But I did like that cell phones were new enough that the Chief or whatever gives John McClane his phone. He goes, "Here, take my telephone." And he like takes it and he runs away. Like that's it, it. It struck me as super weird, being like, "Here, take my telephone and get out of here."
2: Yeah, but Argyle's got a car phone in 1987. True. Or yeah. Whatever, so yeah, he's calling everyone he knows on that phone for five hours while bopping to music. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's um, he's having a great time. <laughs> it's just he's just he's he's, he's bopping. Argyle doesn't have to pee. <laughs> Argyle <laughs> doesn't have to pee. Cool guys don't have to pee. Yeah. It's only dorks who pee. It's friends or
2: drinking in the back of the car that you drive. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so. They're in the tunnel uh, he shot tu- They make it down the tunnel and uh they make it down the tunnel and uh sorry john mclean drives a truck down the tunnel uh he sort of leapfrogs into a new truck and then uh gruber blows up the tunnel and uh perhaps the most unbelievable sequence in the movie uh john McClane is driving to try and out outpace um a, a a water flood coming down the tunnel and then he jumps out in time to grab a ladder that's leading to a manhole, and then he gets shot up the manhole yeah, to land safely in a puddle in the ground. So what's the unbelievable
2: part? It's it's great.
0: (laughs) This is the point. I don't know why, earlier in the movie, I can believe John McClane survives fucking everything. Um, But this is the point. For some reason, in like a 30-minute period, the movie's like, well... He's gonna get blown up like a lot, yeah, but they, you know. they they do
3: all of a sudden get very generous with like, all right, so he'd be dead there. Okay, he'd be dead there, all right, he'd be dead. You're like, nope, okay. I
0: I, I yeah, they, 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 they mess with your plausibility, I think, a little bit, um, in the in the last act of this movie, you know, the post the post Setting um, you up for your, live free or die hard to just accept it. Like True. Yeah, in He's gonna for your punch your brother, probably... a jet. Yeah, he jumps on the wing of a jumbo jet, Mm. like he's at a at a harrier or whatever. Deal with it, God. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 rad to look at. Um, he, but yeah, he they they eventually find out that the loot is on a um tugboat, and they make it on the tugboat using a truck and a and a wire. Um, do you guys have anything to say about that? Uh, It looked totally plausible. All that seemed like it would work out. Sure.
2: Yeah. Thankfully, when they cut it, they still have a good eight minutes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where for some reason they've done like, okay, so like at least in the water thing, they have John McClane landing in a puddle to be like, maybe the water slowed down his fall. I don't know. At some point in that the wire gets cut. It cuts (laughs) one of the the bad guys in half. They fall like four stories. And then they hard. still they still end up falling. Oh, yeah. Like it's not like they catch onto a ladder and then they yep. let go the wire before it cuts them in half. It's like yeah. they they get they catch a ladder and then the movie is like, no, they get yanked right off that ladder and fall three stories. <laughs> and
3: also like the shot the shot where the you know the, so the truck drops the wire the wire falls it hits and is taut and then it cuts to it swinging cuts the guy in half and then it cuts to them swinging still for some reason and then again they drop a lot onto a storage container of all things yeah
2: not like normally normally in those movies they have like oh this is the one you know it has like the little mat tied over the box yeah yeah
3: whatever and then i also like the idea of then they follow that up with like now we're on a stealth mission so so a truck just got yanked off of a bridge which sounds pretty loud and then they swung by and a guy got fucking cut in half and then they dropped from very far up onto a container and then they're like all right cool now now they don't know we're here. Yeah, let's, I agree. Let's like, talk about this. Most
2: of the time, that would have the truck could have potentially tugboat wise could have taken the whole thing. Yeah, up. I mean, I'm always talking tugboat wise. Don't <laughs> don't even like, need to clarify. Thank God game. this is like a huge tugboat. Um, Toot-toot. and so there's yeah, there
0: it's there, yeah, it's too tooting. That's why they can't hear mm-hmm. us.
2: Constantly going, yeah. toot toot, I got tugging to do.
0: <laughs> Based on the tugboats I've seen, it's actually a fairly modest-sized tug. We got dump trucks maybe. and we got tugboats, baby. Yeah, I guess this you haven't seen very that, many tugboats, but that's fine. I mean, trucks. I guess you, you're more of a lake state than a river state, but whatever. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not oh, a lake oh. state?
3: No. Nah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. I, God, I, I, I wasn't like, sure either. Chicago's got bigger lake. I was I was ready to support. It's obviously but... not even a tugboat. Yeah, we know. I don't know why you're questioning the
3: Lake and River. I thought I, I was just on board with the tugboat thing because I was like, it'll be easy to just call it a tugboat from here on out. <laughs> I'm on board, but I do like that. <laughs> I
2: am too. I don't know why you would say it's a tugboat.
3: No, it's not. It's just one of the big it's, ones. It's Not at all. It's a know, yeah. Tugs? There's
2: three sizes if you get a tugboat. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. large, extra large, and super extra
3: large. And that's the- mainly because <laughs> no one
2: wants to order a small tugboat or the a meeting. Pinta. It's the- like McDonald's rule. There's the child-sized tugboat and then large, extra large,
0: super large. Yeah, no one wants to say small, even though small is what most people should be having.
2: Most people should get a small tugboat.
0: Most people should not. Your your eyes are bigger than your tugboat. Pull, like how, capacity. How, how
2: big are these boats you're tugging? You're not, you're not moving things to the Suez Canal. Just sure. get a
0: small tugboat. I think, you operate I, I, a ferry ride. That's really, you know, people talk about a lot of, a lot of downfalls of this country, but I feel like modesty and tugboat appraisal is... It's just gone out completely out the window. The Greatest Generation knew how to eye a tugboat and say that'll that'll haul my load. That'll tug it right along. That, I also, I also
2: feel there's a sweet innocence <laughs> in the fact that like. The <laughs> first boat you hear of as a child is probably a tugboat, and Peter just decided all boats are tugboats.
0: <laughs> if I'm not going, and they're I'm not, not going to learn a
2: second boat. <laughs> they're all tugboats. I like Peter, like, like
3: looking you know, at a yacht, like, "Wow, that's a tugboat." So he's like, uh, uh, do, "Do I correct?"
0: <laughs> we <laughs> just invented a new way to make make rich people really angry. <laughs> A motorcycle Ooh. with four wheels and a house in the middle? Okay. Why'd you make that tugboat so shiny? Damn. How much can this thing tug? <laughs> Peter
2: uh, goes back to his spaceship and is like, oh, uh, yeah, they have tugboats.
1: <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> Christ um so anyways they they get on the boat Jeremy Irons takes uh them prisoner after a very very bad confusing attempt at taking the boat over um and uh what can ends we because we probably won't get back anyone but like I really like the I,
2: I love uh Jeremy Irons is playing a very different even if his his motives are still the same uh and his competency I think is still the same as like Hans Gruber uh, Hans Gruber would have blown up that fucking school I love that the bomb is fake And he's like what do you think I'm going to kill a bunch of kids And I also like the the fact that like Gruber feels like Or Hans Gruber feels like McLean is a fly in the ointment And I love that uh, Simon is like very much like yeah you're right my brother was a fucking asshole <laughs> like you're pretty like I like you like there's there is a level of like respect and
0: camaraderie just like hey yeah but you did kill my brother and even though he it's, was it's a about principle it's not about vengeance yeah it's actually, exactly he's dying hard with a principle and I do like
2: and he's and he's not like a he's not a cold he's a cold calculated thief but he's not a cold calculated murderer and I think Gruber Hans Gruber was um was both. Like, he was a murderer and a thief, and I, I don't know, like, I just, I really like his character being, uh, fundamentally different, and, like, jovial, and has life in him in a way that, like, Hans Grummer is like, I'm a businessman, and I will kill anyone at any time to get my business done. And he's like, no, you were just the perfect distraction.
3: I, I also like that, uh, the scene where they hand off the bomb to the cops, who are actually henchmen, they do the same thing where they're like, well, we got to take all oh, this because yeah. what if a kid finds it? Then that alludes yeah, to the yeah. school bombing being, you know, fake. But the other thing I like is when he's like, oh, you, your brother is an asshole. He is. He is an asshole. Ha ha. Whatever. And then he says something along the lines of he's like, yep, yeah, there's a difference between hating your brother and letting some irish dog put him in the ground like something like that where you're like oh you also realize that he does i mean he is the the classic german villain where it's it's because he's above everybody anyway so like mclean to him is also just like some scumbag anyway oh some irish dog would kill me yeah brother. my, my like, brother was too good to
2: be murdered by you even if he was a fucking asshole
0: yeah Oh yeah, and it, 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 I think that some of the motivational stuff gets like too sticky for its own good as we go towards the end. But one thing I do love is is that, um, is that Simon Simon Gruber is like, yeah, he's he's like, yeah, this is I have my own motivations, and this is just something that like I decided to like clean up a loose end in the pursuit of my motivations. Yeah. Um, So we find out that he has sort of a uh, Outer Heaven style uh, Mercs Without Borders. Uh, That's a reference for people that play Metal Gear Solid games. They're neither like terrorists nor purely self-interested. They're kind of like a mix of of motivations. Yeah, they're an army for hire. Yeah, they're an army for hire, which is like kind of, yeah, it's like a very... Unheard of of in
2: the United States, of course. We definitely
0: don't have any like paid bunches of mercenaries that we've paid to fight our wars for us. No, 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 no. And, and that for some reason get to follow less rules than the regular <laughs> military. <laughs> yeah, don't Google it, but that would never they happen. paid easy. more, less rules. Great. <laughs> yeah, paid more, less rules, obviously. Um, Simon Gruber kind of leaves them to blow up with an actual bomb on the tugboat. Yeah, a little bit of overkill, bomb size
2: wise for, for, for a tugboat. But,
3: I do, I will say that I do like the reveal of the bomb right there. I do too. It, it yeah. is a very haunting, just like it comes up and John McClane just like sits down and he's like, oh oh, I I thought I was on to you and I, I'm i kind of fucked now. Yeah, Peter, know
2: th- I- this doesn't have a direct correlation to like the Dark Knight, but it is definitely like the, the size of the bomb that he reveals <laughs> here and like, and like the 1995 uh, 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 batman forever when riddler reveals the size of his actual like mind thought sucker in her like the same size he's like oh like like he does have a batman villain bomb that he reveals here at the end
0: oh yeah and all he's trying to do is blow up a boat which i don't know if you guys know this you don't have to put a very big hole in a boat to make it go down like it actually be way worse if all he did was just like uh, attach a, a few grenades to like the hull and make the ship sink and these guys have to slowly drown instead he's giving them well kind of a quick and death. that's what i read yeah I, re- I mean
2: with the tugboat if you just hit the brakes too
0: fast it can go right down. because
3: what you're tugging oh what you're yeah. tugging will hit um but i do agree i i made a note i know that we're still doing that's what the, the song
0: sugar we're going down screaming is yeah. about
3: right sugar we're doing on swinging going down swinging yeah Um, we're going down tugging but in the the
2: tugboat but i
3: did make a note and obviously it becomes irrelevant for the remainder of the summer whatever i literally made a note where it's like uh i I just put uh can you blow up bars of gold i mean like if it the majority of it i would assume would just melt would just end up but i mean like the whole point of it right was supposed to be like and then we blew it up because oh okay whatever you're like wouldn't they just be Digging for that gold at the bottom for a while, then they would just be like, All right, well, but still there. We just have to wait. Hold
2: on. Have you become like the, the, the 1995 tugboat truther? Like, look, no, I was just gonna liquid bombs can't melt steel gold bars, but they, but, but the
3: whole point was to destroy. The, I mean, in in theory, to destroy all the gold bars. I'm assuming if you blow them up, the majority of them would still be okay enough, right, to recover. I, don't, I actually don't think... I think
2: that's the point is uh, that, like, theoretically, it literally is going to blow everything to smithereens. And you're right, like, you could go into the bottom of the ocean and get, like, gold flakes. But, I mean, the fact that, like, you can make gold bars into smaller things makes me think that if you put a
0: bomb... Uh, fair the size of yeah like a
2: that's a bomb that big that theoretically you could you could blow it up true
0: yeah it, it, it's one of those things where i'm not totally sure why okay so it would take them years to dredge it up let's say 140 million billion dollars is bogged down by millions of of dollars in years to get that gold back in the meantime the u.s is has to go buy gold reserves we buy gold reserves for a reason it's not just like fun to have um so presumably, like the pe- he says, the people in the Middle East presumably like those are the people that are selling gold reserves to the U.S. to back up their currency. Yeah, um, yeah. or back up the back up the economy and fight off inflation. I don't I don't know what the goal would have been in the '90s, um, but uh, yeah. So it would work because they would still have to go buy the stuff. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Sure yeah. why that I'm unsure why this this plot gets so complicated with um Simon Gruber because like the, what he promises his men. Is actually like pretty good. Are, did he kill the like one or two only true believers? I guess the, 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 I think
2: the true the only true believer he he does kill in that boat oh, as they leave. I, makes
0: sense. I
2: I I think like you could make it a little less sweaty in that like. Well,
3: she kills him, the silent killer.
2: Yeah, but you you don't need the true believer on the on the. On the, uh, on the Gruber side, like yeah, you, you could just have like we've been hired to do that. Like, like it's still a fun scene, and like the obviously there's been some antagonist uh, or antagonism towards like him keeping John McClane alive and everything like that. But like you could make it cleaner with just like that guy is also part of their trick. But that's the thing is like they don't need to just blow up the gold bars for. Uh, so that like the American government doesn't look for them, they need to do it. So theoretically, like the 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 nation states that paid for them to to commit this act don't don't come after them.
3: Yeah, I, I will say that I thought it was weird that there was only essentially one true believer, and then they turn around and they say, "Haha, we have the gold," and they're like. 60 dudes standing there cheering like we all understood the plan all along (laughs) you're like so there's just like one guy there was they were tricking one guy all along they could have they could have killed him earlier or just said like no you can't be a part of our club Mm -hmm. something there
2: there was a part of me that like because it had been a while since i saw this movie where like you know when she when uh she comes out and gives him that look uh because she doesn't uh explain it very well Mm -hmm. what what that look means is um
0: I was like, oh, does he kill all these guys and leave? I thought, yeah, it seems like he's going to come out with the M60 and start blowing them away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so she's just like, I'm ready.
2: Especially when that one guy says for fallen comrades and he gives him that weird look mm-hmm. like, uh, okay, like don't toast yourself so quickly, bud. Like that bothers him weirdly. Yeah. Um. Again, it had been long enough that I like couldn't remember if that's what happened next because essentially what happens is they they leave. Uh, or they go fuck, and then John McClane shows up in a helicopter and a gun, and is like, I found you because you gave me heading medicine.
0: Yeah, yeah. The aspirin bottle that John McClane, or that uh that Gruber tossed at him, um, had a location right across the Canadian border um, atti- attached to it, so... Uh, you can tell, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's a
2: poorly them. thought out, like, rewrite, like, why the fuck is Zeus there? <laughs> he's like,
0: yeah, he's like yeah. about,
2: like, it made sense with the original ending, because he's about to be taken off to a hospital, they're like, "All right, well, you could come along. Like you've been with us a
0: long way. You want to go see
2: what happens, right?"
0: Can't they he's just like, shoot one more scene with him and him and Zeus? I mean, it's so you can get to the cell phone scene, right? Or sorry, the the payphone scene, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I
3: do think I thought that was funny, definitely uh, this time around too. Where it's like Zeus is literally about to leave done wrap it up for the day a long day and he's like oh wait hold on i think i figured it out and he's like yeah i'll tag along sure they're not playing on si- by simon's rules anymore he he doesn't need to be a part of any of it oh yeah sure i'll come along Well, and also he's supposed to go to
0: the hospital yeah like, he-, he got incredibly injured <laughs> right yeah i don't i don't i don't it doesn't make any sense also like there yeah but Zeus, we uh, did it oh he bled
2: out i don't know why you diverted
0: his helicopter yeah. to Canada. yeah this is this is the sort of ending similar to the end of uh, lethal weapon 2 where you're like if if <laughs> they had known from the beginning what the plan was they could have smoothed it over but the end of lethal weapon 2 shane black wanted to kill rigs and it would have been a fucking amazing ending like one of the best endings to any action movie ever um it also would have exhibited you know shane black being pissed off at the studios and denying them more money also the next two sequels are not very good so we wouldn't <laughs> yeah, have lost anything um... of value um but like that the, this feels like something in that camp where it's like if they had known earlier what the producers were going to let them do or what the 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 audience was going to to allow um they probably would could have come up with something a little smoother i don't hate it but it's just the movie is so tight and fun and then it just gets a little sweaty in that last kind of third plus third act plus epilogue
2: yeah, that I mean, again, it it was a tacked on ending. that was trying to make use of where we were at before because they couldn't go shoot all the stuff on the tugboat again. So, um, you know that that part is is a little a little tricky. But it I mean it does feel weirdly tacked on. It doesn't doesn't make um, a ton of sense. Uh, a couple things I want to call out, like you know we we talked about. For Die Hard 2, like, the biggest mistake that that movie makes, besides a villain that's not very dynamic, which I think the other three movies do a really good job of, is it's the only one where, like, John McClane is, like, actively inserting himself into the action. Um, He doesn't trust the other authorities. He feels like he needs to be there um, because everyone else is a fucking idiot. This has him back to, like, um, I really like the way that obviously he is dragged through it. He doesn't want to be there. I love the way, even when he's, you know, being threatened with schools blowing up and bombs they're finding, he is a little bit, like, still like, oh, I just want this to be over. And it's not till they, like, throw those papers in his face and show that Simon is Hans Gruber's brother – that, like, his entire demeanor changes. Like, his, like, it's the first time that he's ever, even though, like, they are threatening to blow up schools, he does, like, yeah, there's cops that are going to be looking for, can I, I'm hungover, I just want to go home, and they're like, oh, by the way, the guy that's doing all this is Hans Gruber's brother, all of a sudden you get that, like, when Bruce Willis is good, that like just steely eyed look of like wait, what's going on?" and like that's when he starts engaging in a plot that he's kind of as a character that he's actively tried to do do what he needed to do, but like also just wanted to be over and then, um the other thing like that this is different than um the the other movies completely in all three of the other movies, he just is like the you know a joke they make in die hard 2 a lot is that he's just a you know wrong place wrong time guy he has bad luck that happens in 1 it happens in 2 it does happen again in 4 where he just happens to be able to kind of solve the stuff this is the only one where like he is the center of the plot in that the bad guy is specifically he's he's not in a in a location or a place to foil the bad guy but the bad guy specifically is bringing him into the action uh, he's not a fly in the ointment. He is the like firefly meant for everyone else to to crowd around.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I agree. Um, it's kind of refreshing though to like make an entire city feel like his prison. Yeah. Um. Because you know you know he he he, he can't get out right. Like it's not even somewhat presented as an option. Yeah, um, but he could go home and sleep it off while the authorities like handle it. Yeah. But he can't because <laughs> of who he is, <laughs> you know. Um, it's like yeah. technically an option, but it's not an option. Um, <laughs> I spent way too long on the fucking recap. We've done well, this we've happens all the time. It's right. fine. We've we've ta- it. We so talked we about all the other lot. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about the movie.
2: Um, yeah. I do think also like uh, when he's doing his American accent, I think uh, Simon Gruber gave us a g- great sex finisher line that you can use when you finish having sex. Which is, uh, he's doing the American accent And he's like, holy Toledo I do, I do like that he goes Holy Toledo, <laughs> but then
3: he slips out For a second, I can't remember what line he says But he's like, you know uh, The actual cop says, you know, ways wants to vote And he's like, somebody's plan He does a little bit of the accent there Where you're like, oh, he was just like proud of himself yeah. a little bit But no, holy Toledo
0: Yeah, do you think that's what Joe Para says after he uh, ejaculates? That's Bing Pot, baby. I think probably holy is blasphemy to him. (laughs) Probably just says Toledo. 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 He said holy cow for a little bit until someone told him that that was uh, mean to people uh, from, you know, Hindu religions.
3: Oh, wait, I was going to ask, like, feel free to cut this out. I didn't realize until right now... Do you think there's any intention behind the fact that the bombs are so deliberately two things coming together, making a volatile whatever? And then of course, Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis are two, two people separate coming together to like, I didn't even generally think about that. Cause why would I, when I, it's just like an action yeah. movie, but then I was like, Oh, there's like clearly, Oh, okay. Like, I mean, there's suspense and reason why they have that for the bombs, but then it's like, it kind of goes along with the themes of just like oh, there's two two separate things two coming together, things creating something else.
2: Yeah. yeah, I would like a fan edit where they every time the things mix, it it plays uh, Spice Girls to become one. Yes, <laughs> yes that's what I'm looking
3: for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I definitely, I mean, I definitely see that because especially once the movie became about race, like the script became about race, they clearly rewrote vast chunks of this to be about. A, a black man and a white man just not understanding each other. And one thing I love, I, I haven't talked about it much, but like the thing that I love about Lethal Weapon is that they kind of fall in love in like 30 minutes. Like they're really yeah. not enemies. Like for, for like they, they basically become family and immediately. And that's like why I find Lethal Weapon 3 and 4 even watchable is because like there's a sweetness there. Like, Richard Donner clearly, like, feels like this is, like, a weird family that he can keep returning to. Um, this is such they'll...
2: a weird point, but, uh, yeah, like, I do think of the lethal weapon. Did you guys watch Eastbound in Town?
3: Uh, no. I watched some. I watched, like, the first season and a half, but it's been a while.
2: There's a line that stays with me from the second season where uh, Kenny Powers is rightfully being accused of being racist. Yeah. And, and he says, hey, I transcend race, hombre. And I do think, like, that that... <laughs> That concept doesn't, like, uh, apply well to the Lethal Weapon sequels. Like, like they stop trying to make it about race um, yeah. for right or wrong and just make it about these two guys that love each other. And I do think I, – I don't know how much um, the, the Simon Says Die Hard 3 version of the Lethal Weapon 3 script would have ended up being more about that or if all that stuff was added to make it more of a Die Hard uh, – culture clash thing but it is interesting if they would have gone down that path or at least the weapon almost like actively avoids it i think textually for the most part
0: yeah yeah and, and, and this movie is clearly about them hating each other and it's not by the end they like figure out similar to like what i was talking about with like holly and jennaro it's not that they figure out <sighs> it's not that it's similar to holly and uh, my take that the ending is not necessarily them getting together but him deciding yeah. to communicate again it's that by the end of the movie uh they've just learned to communicate on like a very basic level and have learned some sort of begrudging respect for one another and like that's enough like i actually don't need every one of these movies to end in a lethal weapon style love fest because like even like, yeah. the end of lethal weapon makes me cry because it's so sweet um the the part where he breaks that guy's neck, uh, no, the part where he shows up to <laughs> when 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 Riggs shows up to Christmas dinner and he uh, gives the the bullet as a present to to Murtaugh, um, yeah, basically saying like, hey, like I I now have like a reason. Here's to an extra bullet. Yeah, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I noticed you, that you shot a lot of bullets today. I found this <laughs> spare <Merry> one. It's all yours hey i found this between my based on everything
2: we've
3: been through together i I think i think you might like bullets so here's another one hey merry
0: christmas (laughs) bullets are expensive man i don't know what to tell you um but he but like uh he goes to a christmas dinner and like he's like he it's not just that Murtaugh has embraced him it's like his family has embraced him i don't get the sense that like i don't get the sense at the end of this that like uh, John McClane is gonna go uh, swinging by uh, Zeus's shop anytime soon, or that Zeus is gonna be invited to the to the Gennaro family Christmas uh, anytime well, soon. I,
2: I don't think McLean's gonna be invited to the Gennaro family Christmas. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> I wouldn't think so based on based on his, his his behavior of not talking to his fucking kids for a year. Uh, yeah, he's I gonna. No. Sp- I
2: mean, he's gonna spend most of the rest of his time falling around. What I assume is like. Toddler Justin Long And then Like like he's gonna spend a lot of time Stalking Justin Long I think from here Till the next time we see him
0: Oh yeah <laughs>
2: This guy ends up fucking my daughter <laughs> <She's> So <laughs> he, pissed he,
0: you know, like I, I set her up on a date with John Hodgman And this is what I get <laughs> <laughs> Man just imagine next week All the, all the, all
2: the Hodgman Justin Long Jokes uh, what if Mr. Ed was in the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC, and I'm a horse that can talk commercial?
0: <laughs> well, Mr. Ed is clearly a Linux guy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Have you guys tried two tin cans tied to a
0: string? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: can you guys help me? I can't get my computer to run Far Cry! <laughs> Oh no, you can kill horses in that one!
2: They shoot horses too! In Far Cry
0: <laughs> Anyways, that's fun. That's fun. We have fun. Um This movie does I, I haven't seen any evidence of this, but I have I have a, I have a feeling specifically that Christopher Nolan ripped off this movie a little bit for uh the Dark Knight. Funny uh, funny enough, like this and Heat
2: came out the same year they both came out in 1995 so i have to imagine like baby chris nolan is just like yep everything i saw this summer
1: it's gonna be (laughs) locked in locked in
0: yeah 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 it's it's the um the uh madman um specifically trying to fuck with one one hero uh mad at him about his past he keeps his 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 um plans a secret when you actually find out his plans he keeps obfuscating his his actual um his actual motivation uh yeah. at one point in the movie uh he has all the the gold on the tugboat or at least you think he does and his plan is to blow up all the that gold that very much reminds me of the mountain of cash in dark knight even though you know the joker actually burned all that cash um it's just there's a there's a lot of sort of uh the the, the menace of him just owning an entire city uh feels very uh, super villainy in a way that goes beyond just uh i need to get my money i need to get out of here it feels like gruber is 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 sort of running this like uh psychologically controlled family like he's he's manipulated all these soldiers into a- and he's for and he's eight cause. steps and
2: he's eight steps ahead of everyone, right? Like, they yeah. constantly think, like, McLean, even when he thinks he has them,
3: like, oh, the quarters are for this, he's wrong. Or or even the audience, McLean, his own true believers, it, It's he's always a
0: couple steps ahead. That's the whole point. You can't bear to actually just kill him. He does, like, Bond movie or superhero shit where he, like, ties him to a big bomb, <laughs> a big cartoonishly large bomb, and he's like... Batman would figure this out, you know? <laughs> like yeah, he,
3: he he tells Carl to handle it, and Carl says, Well, I'll let him on the elevator, we'll chat for a while, we're going somewhere, I'm not sure why. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does remind me though of the ending of
2: Dark Knight a lot when those there's those two tugboats, and they they both have the you know, they're like, We can't we can't have tugboat to tugboat communication. And so and Joker's like, I'm gonna blow up one of these tugboats
0: yeah, there's yeah. all that radio stuff between like being unable to use the radio and and, and all that yeah. shit and like radios being able to set off bombs, like all that shit feels <laughs> very jokerian. <laughs> um and also Joker uh similar to uh, uh, a man may hate cans, um Joker hates tugboats. He thinks he wants to break Gotham of its its shackles um for both Thankfully Leaned away from my computer,
2: but I did an actual spit take at Joe Carian. <laughs> did you like that? <laughs> that you like coined
3: him I, I thought I thought Aaron like choked on his drink, knocked something over. I thought something was happening over there. I was just like, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna find out.
2: <laughs> no, I, I did a literal. I tried very hard to not let out a laugh. At
3: least I was sitting. Time- I, I was sitting I, over here realizing that Aaron just wanted to say tugboat as many times as possible and no, I No, like, I
2: know, and he was taking me seriously Trying a new phrase. <laughs> and then like I was also laughing because like I'm like, d i am like I forgot Peter thinks all boats are tugboats, so
3: except
0: <laughs> that I'm making. <laughs> He's a joke. just like, Yeah, we're talking tug. Yeah, in my personal canon, all all boats are tugboats. Um, and and like the only other time I, I did a spit take, I actually
2: accidentally spit it on my computer. And then as I got up to clean it up while we were recording, I remember the episode was Nosferatu, the Vampire with Rick Kelly. I spilled like, the rest of my drink on my computer, <laughs> <laughs> and I had like ten minutes of like, oh fuck, oh shit. At least this time, all I did was turn and, and just spray, I guess, vodka all over my kids' toys over
0: here. But. oh wait, your oh so your your computer was covered in in you know water and such. Yeah, your computer's a tugboat. I knew it. Was, <laughs> that's, that, that's a tugboat by definition. That's a tugboat.
3: <laughs> uh, I was trying to. I was over here trying to figure out how we could bring up Thanksgiving and be like, so Peter, that thing that holds the gravy is that a uh, Gravy tugboat, but I, I didn't think I didn't, I didn't I figured we wouldn't get there for some reason.
1: I don't know
2: why Jokerian uh, was thing yeah, like, like made
3: maybe break that hard,
2: but Yeah, and then I and like, then my nose water coming up bad.
0: No, my original plan was to talk about how Joker just hates tugboats. Um but we didn't get there. We did not get there.
2: It, you know you just reminded me of like the worst film bro being like, I would describe this scene with the tugboats as Jokerian. Mm. <laughs> Jocarian
0: <laughs> like oh, was oh easy to God. add it until about eight seconds ago. <laughs> 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 it's a it's a hard chunk to cut out. Bam. Done. <laughs> Um, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty much good. I feel like I can cobble together. I'm good my, too. Final I
3: yeah. mean, I'm not good clearly. Oh, Not <laughs> of the Jokerian. I just meant of the uh, of the of the Aaron dying on on pod. Well, you can cut you can cut out some of the coughs. Just leave the early coughs when it's funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right, right, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I you know I uh, essentially went down the wrong pipe, and I got like you know fucking vodka in my nose <laughs> like I jumped into a pool like without like that's yeah I haven't fight. I literally did a spit take and vodka came out my nose and I
0: swallowed through the wrong pipe while trying to hold it in like
2: <laughs> you you're, an bad at,
0: you're bad at swallowing it somehow in two capacities
2: well I just I, I realized it was going to happen and I had a split second to turn my head away from my computer which is also now on the desk with my work computer <laughs> So it would have really derailed this podcast if uh, I hadn't done that. But I didn't have enough time to figure out how to spit it out. <laughs> you know, mistake. <spit laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like- but my final thoughts here is like, I, you know, uh, I, I was so excited to do these movies in general. I'm kind of like, you know, I, I'm glad for a couple reasons. One, I clearly need to be watching Die Hard with a Vengeance more than I have been. Uh, because I just really fucking, like, loved it. It has problems. It has, like, scripting problems. It has um, racial identity, (laughs) racial perspective, whatever you call it, problems. But, man, is it, like, just, like, um, you know, I hate saying this sort of thing because it makes me sound super old, but I didn't see this when this movie came out. Like, this is, like, a movie they don't make anymore. And, like, when, you know, in the 70s, that was, like, discovering something like The French Connection or some shit. But, like, again, I know that I'm very late to this party because many 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 people (laughs) think that like it goes die hard and die hard with a vengeance is like a one two best die hard movie punch but um you know i didn't i thought it was the lesser two it felt like the least like a die hard movie um to me it felt like it um it wore it's like origins as like a Lethal Weapon movie that didn't care about John McClane, and, like, it had some fun stuff, but, like, something about it just had always... You know, the two times I've seen it, which, again, is, like, you know, 13, 14, 15 years removed uh, up until recently, it just felt like it kind of missed me with getting that diehard energy. It felt like an action movie that John McClane was added to, and I found that less fun than the other movies. And, like, this time around... Uh I don't know if it's back to back with uh, you know the first two in such rapid succession or just seeing it from a perspective where these movies are a little rarer and I'm a little further removed from a gritty New York set uh Bruce Willis and Samuel L Jackson when they both were trying fucking harder than shit in a you know a bloody action movie from the 90s but I I was just fully on board this movie's fucking great I, I don't know I I don't know where I'm going to land on Live Free or Die Hard the the movie that I've always said is my my second favorite uh Die Hard movie but uh the only thing I can say is like as a whole the Die Hard series has gone even further up in my estimation based on how good this fucking movie is.
3: Usually with my recaps I just go over the notes that I kind of didn't touch on cuz I think it's fun but no I agree Die Hard with Vengeance is uh for me it's a quick the first one and then this one's right behind it. I love I love this movie. Um I will say that I think some stuff that we didn't necessarily touch on. Um I love the line between Samuel Jackson and the two kids in his store when John McCain first gets dropped off and they go, you know, there's a white man standing on the street and his reaction, not looking up, not even care whatever. I seen one. It's just like I love for some reason that it's just like so he's yeah. like, Yeah, yeah yeah, I've seen a white man before. I do I don't care. Um <laughs> And then the other thing that I just got a kick out of was I I found out that apparently the sandwich board originally, it, when they filmed it, said, I hate everybody. And I also found some pictures of like them just blocking it in general. And it said, obviously they did that. So like, you know, if anybody saw it, they wouldn't be horrified. Um, but then they said that for like the TV version, they're like, yeah, it'll just say I hate everybody and I or, or everyone, whichever one it is. And I got such a kick out of the idea of, him going to Harlem and assign it just as I hate everyone and Samuel Jackson being like, you got 10 seconds before those guys notice. And then a bunch of gangbangers are like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You hate everyone? You're not a positive motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and just being like, being like blades drawn, ready to fight. You hate everyone? I'll kill you. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, do- the- it doesn't. The, jo- the joke doesn't make sense. Uh, well, not the joke. The sequence doesn't make sense if you put something generic, but if you put oh, yeah. the actual word in, it's kind of a, it's,
3: it's, it's yeah, it's no, offensive. It's I'm like, yo, yeah, oh, the sure, the they that, do uh, use that, that, that in
2: the TV edit though, right? Like, I don't know if you called that out. Like, they, yeah, that's
3: what, it, that's what I mean. It's like, I think it's hilarious if you watch it on, if you were somebody who watched it on TV, then all you see is like a bunch of guys standing on the, you know, stoop getting pissed off at somebody who dropped off in an I hate everyone sign. And like, oh, oh, you're going to come into our neighborhood? You hate everybody? Um, I, I got kind of caught on the name Zeus beyond the Hey Zeus joke. And I was kind of curious and like one of obviously, you know, everybody knows Zeus. But one of the big things was he's the bearer of Aegis, Aegis, whatever, like a, you know, mythical shield. And I did think it was interesting. It was right after he introduces himself. Then all of a sudden they cut to the precinct and there's a big poster behind where it's like, you know, says something about your shield and then he gets his shield back and he says, take your shield. And I felt like Zeus was a unique enough name where I was like, that felt somewhat intentional. Um, I got a kick out of both when he calls in that same scene. And then later when they're in the van, it feels like 25 different cops get in on the line, no matter what, like it's almost comical where it's like six different people pick up the phone or if in the van, they just have them on speaker and there are a bunch of people in there. And then like a bunch of different cops, like lean in just listening to the bomber. And they're like, oh yeah, any anybody who possibly chimed in right now would be it'd be rough, but I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I was surprised we didn't touch on the Samuel Jackson in the subway. I I'm gonna answer this phone. You shoot if you have to. Is uh, mirrored in the Incredibles when he's going for a drink of water. I'm gonna get a drink of water. And oh yeah, the, the frozen thing. Freeze. So, yeah, there's yeah. there's that part which I, I thought was kind of obviously you know funny. Um, we touched on – I still just thought that was such a weird line because I, I get that it meant more – it was supposed to be um, Gruber's familiarity with the the people who were chasing him. But I just thought it was so funny when he said, you know, to the one FBI agent, the nondescript who's talking to McLean, he's the, still trying to butch up by chewing on your glasses. And I just put a real man chews on his glasses in my notes. I was like, yeah, there we go. A man's man chewing on glasses watching sports. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see the two. Uh, oh, okay. I got three more quick ones. I promise. Uh, one, I like when they're trying to figure out the water problem. One, they clearly just, there's no way that it makes sense the way they did it just because they've got like two jugs that are partially filled and they're like, just pour one in pour one gallon in here and we're good. Um, but then McLean shouts on the phone before anybody knows where is the school bomb in a park <laughs> as loud as possible? And you're like, all right, I, I guess we're not we're not keeping it low. key. I mean,
2: it is it is a New York. It's anymore. Central Park in New York. Like fair, shot that, a lot of things.
3: That's true. And then I do like when he realizes it's a heist, he calls the chief and says he explains the gold where they're getting it from, what they're hauling it in, why they did it, and every single person acts like he's a lunatic who happened to pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. They're like they're like, okay, okay, McLean, like he literally said, they're in they're in dumpy dump trucks. They're they got the gold from the Federal Reserve. They did it all and they're like, okay, buddy, whatever you say, you wackadoo. Um when the uh not Philip Seymour Hoffman look like is diffusing the bomb. He does a little 12 days of Christmas. There's the, the nod for the Christmas Die Hard movies. Um, and then I got a kick out of what I found to be the most unbelievable. Of course, they'd be dead is when the tugboat does get blown up and they're, they're on the very edge of the boat. And there's this massive, what we've talked about is a comically hilarious bomb <laughs> that, yeah. that has actually been lifted to what would be exactly where they're standing. um, when that goes off, the other kicker to me is all the gold's been swapped out for just metal scraps, so they're standing on the edge of a, next to a giant bomb that's just surrounded by shrapnel, and and, and they just kind of jump in the water. Why, and, yeah, and yeah, why do they have like, to run right. the
2: long
0: way?
3: Then they're like, all right, we're good. The we the could short just, way. We could just keep chasing did, them down, it's And fine. they didn't
0: even make it into the water before the bomb goes off, which would no. at least be like movie plausible. Like in movies, yes. we just expect like, oh, yeah, the, the bullets just stop moving or whatever. Like water makes you safe. They've already established w- earlier in the movie that the rule that if you fall in water after an explosion, you're fine. In this it's like they get blown off of the boat. They cut to an, a special effects shot of the boat blowing up. And it is it's like a fucking mini nuclear weapon going oh. off. And they it's just massive. Like, and don't worry, they hit the water a second after that.
3: And that was the biggest thing was it wasn't the movie, the movie logically said like they jump in the water, then the explosion, I guess we're just going to have to accept that it's, they're still on the edge of the boat and it blows up. And then they're like, all right, they're fine. No biggie, whatever. Um, but no, overall, I love this movie. I just think it's so, it's so ridiculous. It does a weird combination of everything we've talked about. You've got McLean, who's hungover and jaded and you know, comically New York cop about everything. He he barely is listening to the clues and luckily Zeus is there to actually figure him out while he's just going, uh, 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 um, And then you got McLean's weird, and it, like like you mentioned, it's not even street start, smart versus whatever. You've got McLean saying, I don't need to follow the rules. I'm going to drive directly through this park. I'm going to do these things where like Zeus is like, well, I would never think of that because I would be yeah. arrested or or worse. And he's like, yeah, okay, Jesus. Um, it's, it's a weird dynamic that again they really don't they don't spend the first 30 minutes bickering and then become friends they spend the entire movie really disliking each other and then I guess through what they've been through kind of become buddy buddy but but like we talked about they're not showing up to each other's Christmases they're not they're not Riggs and Murtaugh they're not pals but they're they're just like war buddies who went through something and and shared a weird experience it's good. I, I really I genuinely like this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with both of you. Um this is a movie that like in some ways it my estimations were uh raised. Um and and that's that uh John McTiernan came back ready to fucking play. Like he came back from doing Hunt for Red October, uh, which denied him the ability to do Die Hard 2 and he treats this like an actual fucking thriller, um, which the last movie, while I do have, uh, I, I'll always have affection for Die Hard 2, um, the, it, it is sort of just a roving action movie with a lot of cool set pieces and some cool character lines, but it, it's, it's, you know, you don't really expect kind of a lot. Yeah. Long. You not really expect, like, it to reward close watching. This is a movie that, like, there'll be weird little jokes, and then, for, like, an hour and a half later, they'll reward you for paying attention. Um, really quickly, too, it oh is,
2: yeah. we didn't talk much about this, but even though he did do Hunt for Red October in 1990, he is coming off a mild failure and then a pretty big profile failure. Uh, um, he did Medicine Man in 92, and then Last Action Hero in 93. Last Action Hero was, like... The first Schwarzenegger movie that, like, following uh, his his you know huge run at the box office, and is coming after Terminator 2 that ends up just being a kind of a complete critical and box office failure, mainly because it had uh, it was it was a weird conceptual movie that I actually like quite a bit, um, but it also got its lunch eaten by Jurassic Park pretty hard. But this also feels like him after doing two PG thirteen movies that weren't well received or were notable bombs that he's trying to come back in swing, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's that's great context because um he does kind of come back in swinging yeah (laughs) it's kind of him it's 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 like a retreat to what's comfortable but it's also like a way bigger and more wild movie with with much larger special effect sequences than the original Die Hard. and uh it really shows that he's like as a filmmaker his his uh, ability to show off these massive set pieces has, has grown and you can see it in like the sense of control especially in the first like hour and a half or so of the two hour and eight minute movie um the first hour and a half or so he has such a taut sense of control and even the sequences that are a little awkward like we talked about john mcclain surviving the tunnel three in new york and john mcclain surviving that massive explosion it's kind of awkward um you know and it it more fits like uh it's 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 sort of um them trying to match Die Hard to the the bigger bombast of the you know the the the, um, was the Roland Emmerich era of of Hollywood the late nineties sort of Roland Emmerich era of Hollywood um, he he's trying to they're trying to escalate to that um, and it doesn't quite work. But even at the end, like they come back for a a, a perhaps overlong epilogue or, you know, an epilogue they should have shoved into the third act. And there's still moments like sweeping moments when the camera just does something incredibly impressive. and, And you're like, even on reshoots on something, he was probably itching to go and get this, this fucking thing into theater. So he could go do his next project. He probably had some other projects lined up. Even with that, he's just showing off his sense of play, and he, he treats every moment like it's a thriller. Like even in that final sequence, Aaron pointed out, there's a moment when uh, one of the the there's a moment when one of the bad guys says um, that we've only seen his face, and like I kind of forgot that he had even survived. He says like for the fallen, and you think that that's a thriller twist. You feel like it's like a Hitchcock thing yeah. where you're like, oh shit, is that a hint of what's to come? It's not. But like the the fact that he's just throwing tension in in a moment that's supposed to be sort of the heroes uh, being jubilant, and you're like, oh wait, are the uh, sorry the villains being jubilant? And you're like, are the villains about to tear each other apart with fucking machine guns? Like, is that how the movie ends? Uh, that's that's that feels like the McTiernan touch. Is that that's not a throwaway line? That is a moment, um, genuine moment. So absolutely, absolutely, still love this movie. Still kicks ass. Kicks ass in a different way than the original movie, but um, that's what happens when you increase your ambition, I think.
2: Yeah, uh, and and uh, that brings us along to – so originally part of the fun that I thought we'd have is that I wasn't a huge fan of this movie. I mean, I, I, I still thought it was a four-star, you know, fun diehard movie, but I – Um, I think I think part of our idea of like how this the back half of this is still a family Christmas is that we were going to squabble a little bit between me thinking this is the worst entry and you thinking live free or die hard is the worst entry. Um, So part one of the squabble did not happen. If anything, it was a it was a full on love fest. Uh, But next week, as appropriate,
0: it's our Christmas special. We're doing the notable July 4th set movie. Live Free or Die Hard. Everyone's heard of Christmas in July, but have you heard of July and Christmas? <laughs> um, Ryan, are you coming back for that one?
3: Uh, I mean, I can. I, this is the first time hearing.
2: It. I heard? think. I think it was brought up in text in the idea that you would be on Peter's side and not on my side for both of these. But uh, now, now I also would... no, yeah. So uh, if you want to come back and talk Live Free for Die Hard, we'll 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 have you.
3: Sure, absolutely.
2: Uh, we're gonna have a long space between. Uh, covering these first three, and Live Free or Die Hard. I don't know if that'll help or hurt Live Free or Die Hard, but uh, we're recording this at the end of September, and it won't be till after our Spooktober watching we get to Live Free or Die Hard. So after we've seen millions of people get gruesomely murdered on screen for a month, what will we think of Live Free or
0: Die Hard? Just
2: tune in next week <laughs> on Christmas
0: to find out. Yes, absolutely Um, And I hope you guys Die hard And by that I mean With with an erection And keep tugging those boats y'all Yeah, keep on tugging Don't
2: stop tugging your boats
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I look for adventure And then wait to see I didn't know what was in store there for me Now I wish I could get myself off the hook Cause I'm bloody well enough as a tugboat cook Rollin', 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 everything is rollin' Rollin' the sea, and poor little me For God's sakes, why am I a tugboat cook? We went to Gold River and rounded Cape Scott. I cooked a big pot of stew to feed my lot. But when we had dinner, me crew gave me heck. The boat took a roll, and my stew was over the deck. And rolling, 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 everything is rolling. Rolling the sea, and poor little me,
2: Muah <laughs> <laughs>